What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 178. And uh, we got a big one, I think. It's a big game from a big franchise on a big console. Not necessarily the single most requested game that we haven't covered yet, but it, it's up there. It's Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2. And even if you've never played this game, I'm sure you know of it. The, the, probably... This is probably the second game I think of when I think of the PlayStation 2 after Metal Gear Solid 2, but unlike Metal Gear Solid 2, I have good memories of this one. And if and if you're wondering why I hate Metal Gear Solid 2, check out Remember the Game episode number 73. We talked all about it. I'm not going to reopen that can of ass. Uh, I didn't play a ton of PlayStation 2 back in its heyday. I was kind of into my Xbox and I was really into the bar scene back then. Uh, but I, I played the occasional PS2 game and Final Fantasy X was one of them. It was actually the first Final Fantasy after seven I think that I had played at the time and I just couldn't get over the graphics and the music. Plus they were voice acted, although maybe the voice acting hasn't aged super well. Uh, but this was the first time that a Final Fantasy game had voice acting and it fucking blew my mind back in 2001 and I never finished it back then but I picked up the HD version of Final Fantasy X on my Switch a few months ago I finally put this game to bed and I've got some things about it that I love some things about it that yeah I could live without one thing about it that I just fucking hate uh, and we're gonna talk about all of them this week my guest this time around is making his Remember the Game debut. It's one of our Mad With Power Discord moderators, uh, Keegs. The only person in our community that annoys me as much as Titus from Final Fantasy X. But Keegs is a huge fan of this game, and we did our best to unpack as much of it as we could. There's a fucking ton to cover in Final Fantasy X. I feel like we just could have kept talking forever. And uh, we'll get there in just a minute, because speaking of talking forever, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long these days, but they're not boring. They don't they don't suck. It's like this is like the early game in an RPG. There's no stress. You can't die. You just get to know the main character a little bit. Uh, we talk video games and stuff. It's a lot of fun. So just give it a chance, please. Play, I'm begging. I'm begging you. Give me give try. Don't just it's not that bad. Anyway, uh, we have merchandise, all kinds of merchandise. We got hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking fucking phenomenal art drawn by Joe from 4545creative.com. Check him out. He's awesome. And you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, and of course, if you don't like clothes, you can always just support us on Patreon. And please don't forget, for the month of December... 50% of everything we make on Patreon is being donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my 24-hour charity stream, which is going on this weekend, December 18th and 19th. Uh, the Stollery is super important to the people of Alberta. They take care of kids all across this province of ours. So if you've ever thought about, hey, I'd really, uh, at some point I'll sign up on Patreon and I'll check out his extra podcasts and stuff like that. This is the time because not only are you getting a bunch of extra podcasts and stuff, but you're thinking of the children. And Helen Lovejoy would be relieved. Uh, for only, and it's, uh, you know what? The best part is that our Patreon starts at two bucks 
a month. And in exchange for that two bucks, you get two extra podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to both my gaming discussion show, Expansion Pass, every Thursday, and my gaming news show, Game Patch, every Friday. You also get instant access to well over 150 bonus podcasts that are already in the archives. Uh, On Game Patch, every Friday, we look at the biggest news in modern gaming. I mix in my opinions and some profanity and stuff. And then Expansion Pass on Thursday is a different show every week. Sometimes we do game rankings. We look back at characters. We do consoles. Sometimes we do some comedy-centric gaming episodes. There's game reviews, which was this past week uh, on Expansion Pass. It was one of our game reviews. I I looked at Resident Evil Village. I'm a little late to the party, but I finally got around to playing it, and I had a lot to say about it. Spoiler-free, of course, as are all of my modern game reviews. Uh, And as this has become a tradition here during the infamous intro, here's a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass my resident evil village review Uh, Resident Evil Village also keeps the same first-person perspective 7 did like I mentioned and while it's not as scary it fucking it plays phenomenally and I wanted to say that too when it goes back to Resident Evil 7 I like Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite video games ever I never want Resident Evil to get away from the first-person perspective again, though. I feel like uh, the horror genre has benefited more from the advances in gaming technology than any genre out there, except maybe racing games. Because, like, you can only make a game so scary with PS1 hardware where everything is made out of Lego bricks. It's just impossible. Whereas, like, you sit down and play Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil Village, it's first-person and it looks so real. Like it just, the graphics are just stunning. And as great as I thought Resident Evil 7 looked and played in first person, Resident Evil Village is, I don't even think there's any sarcasm in this. It is one of the best looking video games I've ever played in my entire life. So that was last Thursday's episode. And now for tomorrow's episode, uh, I'm going to do another review, I think. Uh, I'm going to review 8-Bit Christmas, which is the new Christmas movie that came out this year. It's set back in the 80s, and it's about a kid and his friends, and they're all desperate to get their hands on an NES during Christmas time. Really fun watch if you grew up in the 80s NES mania fucking era. So uh, we're going to talk about that on the podcast tomorrow. And then don't forget, next Thursday... Uh, will be our second annual airing of Gaming Grievances Festivus episode, which I'm really looking forward to. They're always so much fun. So again, two bucks gets you instant access to those podcasts, plus new ones every week, plus the old ones, plus access to our Discord, which is at almost 300 members now. The chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. You can submit comments to be read on all of our shows, including playing Play One, Remake One, Erase One. You can DM with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest patrons there's a lot of them gavin williams dissect that film podcast sean bailey keaton coble phil lencher breadcrumb spencer whitledge boogie 2988 fucks <laughs> no he doesn't alex desibra the uh, jared harbour just a harmless potato alexander Barbe- barbieri Illegal Amigo 69, Jason Oliver, Joe the Sandman, Luke Moorcock, Ruben Elizald, Trout Kill, Irving Turner, Eric James, Tom Arkley, Riley Turvey, Laquisha, Corey Mel- Melnick, 
Dominic McGowan, Nick Amos, Jake Carter, Michael Wilson, White Wind Wolf L, Tim Tiani, and Thomas Childs. Thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. If I screwed up your name, wear it as a badge of honor because I only get the names wrong of the people that I like. Uh, Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. And once again, before we get into the gaming stuff, please swing by RememberTheGamePodcast.com to see how you can support my 24-hour stream. Not only are we donating 50% of our Patreon this month to our charity stream, but anyone that swings by and donates at least $20 to our charity stream uh, will not only get a tax receipt, you can claim it on your taxes and save a few bucks, but you'll be entered into a draw and uh, the draws will be for a video game of your choice somebody else is going to win some remember the game merch and somebody else is going to win a chance to be my guest here on an episode of remember the game in 2022 you pick the game we talk about it it'll be lots of fun i'm hoping to raise ten thousand dollars for the stollery children's hospital this weekend uh it's a cause close to my heart and uh, on that note don't forget that you can swing by and just check out the stream if you're interested it's completely free twitch.tv and then look for member the game not remember the game member the game and i'll be playing for 24 hours from 8 a.m on saturday the 18th to 8 a.m sunday the 19th mountain standard time okay great cause i'm done plugging shit thanks a lot let's get into talking about you guys uh with blowing in the cartridge is our opening segment here on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit Let's blow, and our first blower this week is Stephen Parnell, who wrote in on Patreon and said, What retro console, other than Nintendo consoles, do you think would transfer well over to a handheld system like the Switch? Also, do you think they should make a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, or Game Boy Advance handheld with games built into it like the SNES Classic? Uh, so do I think... Okay, it's, it's funny because I think... Do I think they should make a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, or Game Boy Advance Classic? Yes, I want both. I want a Game Boy slash Game Boy Color Classic, and I would love a Game Boy Advance Classic. But uh, I also think both of those systems would make great additions to the Nintendo Online service on the Switch. I guess if you put a gun to my head, and I guess you wouldn't be putting a gun to my head. You'd be like, I could put a gun to Nintendo's head. Yeah, that's what it would be. If you were like, hey, Adam, what do you want to do? I would release a Game Boy slash Game Boy Color classic full of old Game Boy and Game Boy Color games, and I would add GBA games to the Switch. That's what that's what I would do. You said, are there any retro consoles other than a Nintendo console that would transfer well over to the Switch? I mean, you're not going to, obviously, you're not going to get PlayStation games. You're not going to get Xbox games. I don't think the Sega Saturn would transfer well over to the Switch because no one's fucking heard of it. I, Dreamcast would be pretty neat. Is that... I don't know. Are we pushing our luck by saying Dreamcast would be cool on the Switch? Would that work? I think it would work. It would probably work better than the Nintendo 64 would. So yeah, that actually... I mean, Turbo Graphics would be kind of neat too, but I don't really know the Turbo Graphics library very well. Um, arcade games would be neat too, but I'm going to I'm gonna go with Dreamcast. And you know what? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think it's entirely impossible. They locked down Genesis games. Why? Maybe they could get Dreamcast. That'd be... Dude, Dreamcast Online would be fucking sick. Ah! That'd be so fucking, oh, that'd be fucking hot. That's got me turned on a little bit. Ooh, thanks for, uh, right. So that's my answer, Steven. Thank you for writing in my man. I can't, yeah, what else would there be? No, I'll stick with, I don't care about Game Gear or any of that shit. I want, I want Dreamcast online. That'd be sick. Uh, Stupid Monkey wrote in on Patreon and said, who wins in a fight? The 1990 movie Ninja Turtles or the 2014 Michael Bay movie Ninja Turtles? Uh, the 2014 Turtles without fucking question. Listen, the 1990 movie is a better movie. All right. We're not debating what a better movie is. We're debating who would win in a fight. I think Raphael 
from the Michael Bay Turtles movies could take all four of the 90s Turtles movies on a uh, movie Turtles on his own. Fucking I I've I've died on this hill countless times. I don't love the Michael Bay movies, but I don't hate them and I think the design of the turtles in those movies is a lot better than people give it credit for. And Raphael's a fucking monster in the Michael Bay movies. So I'm going with the Michael Bay Turtles. Uh, Mecca Robo Hamster wrote in and said, Happy Holidays, Adam. So I know you've expressed your lack of interest in all things movies. That said, I'm curious if you're excited for the upcoming Spider-Man movie. I myself have been burned out on Marvel movies, but I can't help but be excited for movies starring the webhead. Maybe it's because of my childhood. Either way, what are your thoughts? I am fucking... You're right. I'm not a big movie guy, but I am hella excited for Spider-Man. I've got tickets. I'm going with my friend Dave on Sunday afternoon. It's actually my 24-hour stream Saturday till Sunday morning. And then I'm going to take like a three-hour power nap Sunday morning and then going to go see Spider-Man at one o'clock. So praying to fuck that I can avoid spoilers between now and then. Uh, that movie, I think the best, like Spider-Man is my favorite uh, comic book character other than Venom. But like, I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite hero of all time. And uh, I think the best Spider-Man movies are Spider-Man 2, the original with Toby and Doc Ock, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think those are the like 1A and 1B of Spider-Man movies. And I feel like this one could combine those. So yeah, I'm fucking... I haven't been... Well, I was a little more excited for Ghostbusters than I am for this because I love Ghostbusters so much. But this is like right behind Ghostbusters. I cannot fucking wait to see that movie. Uh, Morgan wrote in on Patreon and said, Adam, damn it. I lent Red Dead Redemption 2 to a coworker and he quit his job and left town. Has this ever happened to you? I'm willing to argue that having a disc copy of games is better so you can trade with your friends. Maybe not so much now. Uh, it hasn't happened to me in a long time, but uh, you know what? It's as a dude, I remember trading games as a kid. Does anyone else remember that? Like that's, that takes me back to like the eighties and the nineties. And you would like, I remember having to ask my mom if I could trade games with like a friend and then you would give them one of your games and they give you one of their games. And you were allowed to, we were never allowed to do like permanently, but we were allowed to lend each other games. I remember lending my friend a copy of earthworm gym Two, my earthworm gym Two game for my super Nintendo. And then I moved away. And before I moved away, he lost it and, uh, couldn't. And like, we were fucking, I was like 11 or 12 years old, I was 12 years old. So he didn't have the money to buy a new one. And my mom was pretty pissed off that we lost our copy of Earthworm Jim 2. And uh, I kind of was too, because I really liked that game. But that's the only time I could think of that. But that, yeah, that, now I'm all digital now. So no one can borrow a goddamn thing from me anymore. That's, everyone asks me, well, not everyone, but people ask me sometimes, like, why'd you go all digital? And my, you know, the normal answer is because it's convenient. But my side answer is so I don't have to lend out my fucking games anymore. Uh, Alex Dimitri wrote in on Patreon and said, what's up, Adam? Hope you're doing well. You've mentioned many times about being a Montreal Canadiens fan. As a Philadelphia Flyers fan myself, I've always wanted to see a game at the Bell Center in Montreal because the atmosphere and arena looks so worldly. Uh, so my question is, have you ever been to a game at the Bell Center? And if so, what was your experience like? I am a Montreal Canadiens fan, Alex. I've never been to a game at the Bell Center. I, the only two cities that I haven't seen a game in in Canada are Ottawa and Montreal. And I always said that I would wait and let comedy take me to Montreal. And I only wanted to go to the playoffs. And I don't think comedy's ever going to get me to Montreal. And last year they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, but it was a pandemic and I couldn't go to a game. And I don't know if they'll ever get back to the Cup Finals because they fucking suck. So I've never been, but it's on my bucket list. I, I really, you're right. It does look uh, otherworldly. The fucking atmosphere at the Bell Center. I really want to go to a fucking game there. But not yet. Uh, someday. Uh, especially because if I go see the Canadians when they fucking come to Edmonton, then I'm surrounded by, well, it's like 70% Montreal fans, 30% Oilers fans, but the 30% Oilers fans drive me fucking insane. Uh, Jameer Williams 
wrote in and said, do you have a game that you can pop in and get lost in and just end up playing for hours? For me, it's between Def Jam, Fight for New York, and Need for Speed Most Wanted. Fight for New York is always special to me because I enjoyed playing with Red Man, Method Man, Fat Joe, or DMX. The story mode was a classic, just trying to help D-Mob and get to the clubs and then having to turn your back on him to save your woman. It's always a go-to for me. I fucking love the Def Jam. We have an episode about that in our archives, by the way. Episode 103 or 4 was Def Jam. Uh, and then Jameer continues, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, hands down, one of the best in the series, open world, full modifications of the cars, all to get back to the BMW you lose to Razor when he sabotaged your vehicle at the beginning of the race, fighting up the blacklist and having the opportunity to get the money, the other racers, pink slips, uh, to get the money, the other racers, pink slips was always the excitement of winning races against them. That sounds neat. I never played that. Uh, do I have a game that I just pop in and get lost in for hours? Yes, I have a couple. MLB The Show. Uh, or Minecraft, which is part of the reason I stopped playing Minecraft because I couldn't fucking stop playing Minecraft. But those would probably be my two go-to, like, just space out. Or Tetris, dude. Tetris Effect Connected. Yeah, that's another one. I can have a couple puffs, turn on Tetris Effect Connected, and just kiss the fucking sky before I know it, like, three hours are gone. So those are my go-to, like, unwind games. I, I still go back to Minecraft on occasion, but I don't play it as often anymore because I don't want to get addicted again. Uh, and they call me Badger wrote in and said, with one of your prizes involved with your 24 hour charity stream being the winner's choice of a game for you to cover, are you worried you're going to have to play a Sega Saturn game? The infestation of Saturnians around here is getting to outbreak proportions. You're right, Badger, it is. As our podcast grows, more and more fucking Sega Saturnians are coming into our community and I, they're lice. They're, you fucking, you can't get rid of lice, man. It just, <laughs> if you're new to the show, I mean, no harm. It's just, it started as an inside joke, and now this fucking small but vocal group of Sega Saturn fans keeps popping up. Um, whoever wins the prize to be my guest on an episode of the podcast and gets to pick the game, there are caveats. There's some games that I have plans for, there's some games that I don't have access to, and I've dug in my heels that we're not playing Sega Saturn games on this show, uh, just despite the Saturnians, so whoever wins will have to pick another game. I won't give them a Saturn. I, I won't I won't do it. People have asked that. I won't fucking... I want to support the kids, but not that fucking bad. No Saturn games. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And our letter time letter this week comes from Dagger Disaster, who wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I can't wait for my first blow to land me in double secret probation. My question is, do you ever find your nostalgia gets in the way of fairly grading remasters or remakes of a game? For example, while I love Final Fantasy VII Remake, I feel the original is better because I love the active time battle system of old over action button mashing. Here's the part where I get put on probation. I hear you say when talking about open world games that there's a heavy comparison to Breath of the Wild. In my opinion, uh, Breath of the Wild is a great game, but a terrible Zelda game. To me, it feels like Nintendo is making a new IP and realized they hadn't produced a Zelda game in a while, so they slapped a Zelda skin on whatever they were making. Sorry not sorry to all the Breath of the Wild fanboys and girls out there, it's just not Zelda to me. So that won't... Okay, so another thing for anyone that's new to the show is I like to... If you fuck up, if you fucking break the rules around here, you get put on double secret probation. Saying that you don't like Breath of... Or saying that you don't... You, you didn't say you didn't like Breath of the Wild. You said that you didn't think Breath of the Wild was a Zelda game. Uh, or didn't feel like a Zelda game, that won't get you put on double secret probation because I kind of agree with you. I think that Breath of the Wild is a great game, but I also don't think it feels like a Zelda game. And I don't blame some Zelda fans that were like, it's just not Zelda to me. I get it. I frankly, I really liked Breath of the Wild a lot, but I kind of would have preferred a few more traditional dungeons as well. So I'm on board. I have no, to me, that's not a hot, I wouldn't say it's not a hot take, but it's not a take that's going to get you in any hot water with me. Um, I don't understand how every open world game gets compared to it now. 
I, I guess it maybe it's just because it's it's really good in one of the definitive open world games of this generation. Because yeah, every open world game gets compared to Breath of the Wild, and to me, Witcher Three is a better open world game than Breath of the Wild. Maybe there, there, maybe that just got me put on double secret probation in the list. Some of the listeners' uh, minds. I I think Witcher Three is the superior game, and I think it's the superior open world game. So I think that's the one that we should be comparing stuff to. But whatever. Uh, to get back to your initial question, Dagger, does nostalgia get in the way when reviewing remakes and remasters? I don't think so. I think. Like when I review, like say I review like Mario Odyssey, um, I don't think it's, it's tough to review it and then like compare it to say like a Super Mario World because those are two different games. But like when you've remade or remastered a game, I don't, I think, I think you're frankly doing it a disjustice to not compare it to the original version. So like you mentioned that you like Final Fantasy VII Remake, but you like the battle system in the original Final Fantasy VII better. Uh, personally, I prefer the combat in Final Fantasy VII Remake fucking tenfold. Uh, to the original Final Fantasy VII, but I don't think there's anything wrong with comparing those games. You know, the Tony Hawk Pro, Pro Skater re-releasers, remasters, whatever you want to call them. You absolutely have to compare to them to the originals. I actually find it harder to review games uh, fairly when they don't have a remake, like like Bart versus the Space Mutants. When I reviewed that game a couple months ago, I know that game sucks, but I have so much nostalgia for that game that it's tough for me to put the nostalgia aside and give it an unbiased review. Whereas something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm like, I want all the fucking nostalgia. That's part of the package. So I actually find it harder the other way when it isn't a remake, when I'm playing an original game that I love despite its fucking persistent flaws. And some old games have a lot of fucking flaws. Um, yeah, so there you go. So I hope that answers your question. Thanks, Dagger. Thanks to everyone that wrote in this week. I really appreciate it. Uh, let's get into our smash hit segment during the intro here. The uh, official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third game is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. And we'll get there in just a minute. And we're talking Final Fantasy X this week, which is one of the PS2's premier titles and one of the best-known RPGs on the system. So I thought I'd nominate three more well-known PS2 RPGs this week. Uh, we're talking Final Fantasy XII, Dragon Quest VIII, and Persona 4. And I always hope the poll is going to be close. This one kind of was. It was nice. There wasn't a big runaway win. Uh, but play Final Fantasy 12, remake Dragon Quest 8, and erase Persona 4 came out on top with 34% of the vote. Surprises me a little bit just because I thought everybody loved Persona 4. But admittedly, this is one of those weeks where I'm siding with the majority. That's 34% of you got it right. That's what I would do as well. Uh, let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you why I think 34% of you were right. Uh, Mizuru wrote in on Patreon and said, I've never gotten to play any of these, but I do have a connection to Final Fantasy XII. My favorite singer, Angela Aki, was Akai? Aki? Akai? was recruited to sing one of the songs for this game, and it's how she got her first big break. Uh, it's no connection to the game, but without that, I probably wouldn't be into music as much as I am without it. So I'd remake Persona 4, and that leaves Dragon Quest to be erased. I've never gotten into the series, and I seem to be fine, right? Yeah, just put me on double-secret probation, but I did play by the rules. No, and that's why you're not... Oh, I don't understand why everyone is so scared of getting put on double-secret probation. Like, you're not going to get put on double-secret probation if you write in and say that you don't think Breath of the Wild is a Zelda game. And Mizuru, you played by the rules. As long as you play one, remake one, and erase one, and you're not erasing a Mega Man game or a Mario game, 
you're fine. You're not going to get, you did you play by the rules. I have no problem with that logic. You're safe. You're not on double secret probation. Now, scientific wonder penis, that motherfucker's on double secret probation because scientific wonder penis wrote in and said, final fantasy 12 is the only one I've played and it's brilliant as it is. So naturally it's just a random pick between remaking and dumping the other two. Sorry, Adam. Scientific wonder penis, your name got you read on the show and your answer got your fucking wonder penis put on double secret probation. You need to pick one to remake and you need to pick one to erase. When you just say it's a coin flip, well, I coin flip between double and triple secret fucking probation. You're done. Double secret probation. And Boogie2988Fucks wrote in and said, I haven't played any of these games personally, but I think a remake of Dragon Quest, it says DQ, and I almost said Dairy Queen. It's Boogie, it makes it even worse. But uh, Boogie2988Fucks wrote in and said, I haven't played any of these games personally, but I think a remake of Dragon Quest would be sick. Too many Final Fantasy remakes already, and Persona just looks... Eh. Same exact logic as Wonder Penis Boogie. You got red because your name is Boogie2988Fucks, and I think that's fucking hilarious, but you're double secret probation because you didn't lock in a fucking remake and an, an erase. Now, I will say, you said that you'd remake, or pardon me, you didn't lock in a play and an erase. You said that you remake of Dragon Quest would be sick. You said too many Final Fantasy remakes already, and Persona, and Persona just looks eh. Maybe you mean you'd play Final Fantasy and you'd erase Persona, but I'm not sure. So you're going on single secret probation. You're not as fucked as goddamn Wonder Penis up there, but you're fucking on thin ice too. That's fool motherfuckers. Fortunately, some of you play by the goddamn rules. It'd be like going on the price is right. And then they're like, what's your bid? And you're just like potato salad. And they're like, "That you got to give us a fucking number. You, you cheating sons of bitches. Super Dave wrote in and said, do you hate me or something? Persona 4 is perfect as is, and Golden only made it more perfect. Final Fantasy XII had some high ambitions, but unfortunately dragged in the second half, partly as a result of being stuck in development. Hell, give it the full remake treatment and finally bring that original dream to life. I hate to delete Dragon Quest, but sometimes you gotta kill a legend to keep the things you love. I have no problem with any of that logic. It's, you know, if you think Persona 4 is perfect and you think Final Fantasy 12 would benefit a remake, then yeah, you gotta kill Dragon Quest. That's, that, that's, that's, fuck, thank you. Thank you for just playing by the fucking rules, Super Dave. Thank you. And I don't hate you. I just like Fuji more. Uh, Chris Coplin wrote in and said, Play Persona 4. It may be a little too heavy on the exposition, but everything else about this game is simply amazing. Even though it's been remade with Golden, I'll still happily play the OG. Remake Dragon Quest 8. It's been remade for the 3DS, but I want to see a full remake for modern systems. I don't even think you'd have to do much. Just give it a Dragon Quest 11 coat of paint with an option to play it in 2D as well. And then erase Final Fantasy 12. I loathe this game. And while the remake in the Zodiac Age fixed a lot of the issues I have with it, nothing will fix the pretentious Shakespearean dialogue and just absolute mess of a story in the third act. Good riddance. I gotta be honest, man. I thought people liked Final Fantasy XII, but that's two people saying that the story is a disaster, and that makes me nervous to play it because I, a bad story ruins an RPG for me, quite frankly. Um, I have heard that the dialogue sucks, but I can get past the dialogue if the story's good. But that's two different people saying the dial or that the story sucks. Lord Finish wrote in and said, I've always wanted to try the Persona game, so I'll play it. I'll remake Dragon Quest, even though it's pretty perfect as is. And as usual, I'd erase Final Fantasy simply because there are so many Final Fantasies that no one's going to know if one is missing. I can't even argue with that logic. You're right. As long as it's not Final Fantasy VII, you could probably get rid of it. And I'm not, and that's not even my favorite Final Fantasy. It's just the one everybody knows. You probably could erase a Final Fantasy and no one would even notice that it was gone. Fair enough. 
Uh, Steve Daup wrote in and said, play Final Fantasy XII. Although it has its flaws, I love the pace of combat and the satisfying feeling of smacking enemies with your weapon. I also love any Final Fantasy with a job system, although it was sort of an afterthought with Zodiac Age. Remake Dragon Quest VIII. I never finished this game and I need motivation to go play it again. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but someday. And then Erase Persona 4. I've never played a Persona game, so for no good reason at all, I'm erasing it. All right. Fucking, uh, see, so now there's someone defending Final Fantasy XII. I, I don't know what to think of this fucking game. And then look at, now the next guy's remaking Final Fantasy XII. You fucking, you kids don't know what you want. That's, <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, what is it? What does fucking Roger Myers say? Shout out to him because of that reference. You kids don't know what you want. That's why you're kids, because you're stupid. It's, look, I got someone erasing Final Fantasy, someone playing Final Fantasy, someone remaking Final Fantasy. Jacob Adams says, play Persona 4 because I've never played one of these bad boys and everyone goes on about them. Remake Final Fantasy 12 so we can fuck Van right off and concentrate on the good characters. Plus, it's in my top four Final Fantasy games. And delete Dragon Quest 8 because we have 11 and it's wonderful. So no, lo no loss if we piss this off. So you want to re... Final Fantasy 12 is in your top four Final Fantasies, but you want to kill off the main character. What is this game? I gotta... Eventually, I'm gonna have to play this fucking game. Uh, I'm going with the popular vote this week, like I mentioned off the top, as did Tim Tiani, who wrote in on Patreon and said, super pumped to finally be able to play this game, and this JRPG nerd gets a JRPG round to start in. Christmas came early this year. I'm going to play Final Fantasy XII. Like nine, this hit at the end of the PlayStation life cycle, and it's criminally underrated. One of the best sets of characters and character development in the series, a solid modern take on the job system, especially the re-release. Get it on your Switch and thank yourself for playing later. Remake Dragon Quest VIII, another missed JRPG gem from the PS2. I wish I got a, I wish would get a Switch release. If I can't get that, let's remake it. The first Dragon Quest from the merged Square Enix didn't disappoint, and this was my first Dragon Quest game. And sadly, until the phenomenal Dragon Quest XI on Switch, the only other one I played. It's a great world with fun characters and that amazing Dragon Quest charm. Remake this, please, with a bit of a modern JRPG spin. I love turn-based, but I'm not a purist. Let's not be afraid to experiment as long as the essence of the game isn't lost and then lastly lose persona i never really got into the series and if i'm going to play one i'll just play the critically acclaimed five on my ps5 ps plus collection god i love this podcast super pumped to be a hot dog well i appreciate you being a hot dog tim thank you and you got the order right that's what i would do as well personally i would play final fantasy 12 because i haven't and i'm over halfway to playing all the mainline final fantasy games so i, I gotta play it eventually Although at this point, I don't even know. Do people think it's good, bad, the main character sucks, the main character's awesome, they talk too much? I don't even know. But I'll play it and decide for myself. Because people said Final Fantasy VIII sucked, and anyone that said that was wrong. Final Fantasy VIII was fucking awesome. I'm going to remake Dragon Quest VIII because it's the only game, or the only game I've ever played from the, from the Dragon Quest franchise is OG Dragon Warrior on the NES, which some of you, by the way, have been asking for Remember the Game about. Uh, we're going to cover it in 2022, I promise. Uh, so I, I really wanted to just put Dragon Quest VIII into my play category, but I'm more attached to Final Fantasy, so I'll, I'll remake Dragon Quest VIII. And then I'm going to erase Persona 4. It's the only one of these three that I've played. I played the golden version on the Vita, and I thought it was fine. I liked it well enough, but I got like 50 hours in and still wasn't anywhere near done, and I was like, I just don't want to play this anymore. So I'm going to erase it because it's had its fucking chance. So thanks, everyone, for writing in and for playing. What have I been up to over the last week? What have I been playing myself? And then we'll get into uh, Final Fantasy X. Mass Effect 2 has basically just been my life whenever I have time to play. I'm pretty close to finishing it. I'm pretty I'll be done it probably by the weekend. Um, and then we'll be reviewing it on Remember the Game in early January. I cannot wait 
to just fucking deep throat this game on the podcast because it is a masterpiece. God, I love Mass Effect 2. Uh, I've also been playing Halo Infinite, not as much as I want to, but that's because I've been trying to knock Final or uh, Mass Effect 2 off my backlog. But I'm going to get into Halo Infinite over the holidays. So far, it seems fucking awesome. We'll be reviewing that uh, when I'm done the campaign as well. That's pretty well all I've been playing. It's been almost entirely the Mass Effect 2 show the past week. So let's get into Final Fantasy X. That's the main event. I know that's why you're all here. We got almost 40 comments this week from our listeners sharing their opinions on this game. I usually read like three or four. I'm going to try to rip through a bunch of them this week because we got so many comments. So I'm going to blaze through these. Let's go. Holmes wrote in and just said, ha, 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 ha. There's your one. We got like half a dozen comments like that. I just picked one. There it is. Corey Street wrote in and said, being 10 when this game came out is definitely one of my favorites. I used to rent it at Blockbuster so many times over and over until my brother brought it for me. The simple yet fun game mechanics, crushing on Lulu, the cinematics that blew me away the first time. I love this game. And of course, we can't forget about the laugh. Ha, 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 ha. That fucking laugh. Um, makeshift money wrote in and said, I'll die on the hill. This is a top five final fantasy game. Sure. Titus is a wiener and Kamari is in the reject bin along with quinoa or whatever the fuck that person's name is from final fantasy nine and Edward the bard for characters in the final fantasy kingdom. But I love the story, the world, the blitz ball, the sphere grid. And most of all, it's my favorite ending in the whole series. Plus Jekt would be a good drinking buddy along with final fantasy seven. Sid, I actually agree with pretty well everything you just said there. Uh, Phil, other th- I, top five, it'd be a contender for my top five. I'm not sure yet, but it'd be a contender for my top five Final Fantasies. Uh, Phil Lencher wrote in and said, holy, <laughs> not in his top five. Phil said, holy shit, I hate this game. I respect what they were doing with the sphere grid, but the only thing I loved about this game was Blitzball. Titus and everyone else in this game can suck my ass. But then Michael Mathis wrote in and said, I've replayed most of the Final Fantasy games since COVID started, with 10 being the last one I played. And I have it third overall behind 6 and 4. Yes, I even put it ahead of 9. The characters actually have character and seem interesting. Graphically, it looks amazing for its time. The soundtrack is incredible. The combat system is one of the best in the franchise. The story is pretty solid. And who doesn't love Blitzball? So Michael loves the whole game, including Blitzball. Phil hates the game, but loves Blitzball. Beth wrote in and listened to this. Beth said this was the first game I played on the PS2. My friend had just got her PlayStation 2 and was a huge Final Fantasy fan. I remember just sat and I just sat in awe and feeling like we were playing through a movie. The voice acting and the in-game graphics blew us away, and Yuna's summoning scene was like nothing we'd ever seen. Eventually I got my own copy and I played every second until getting stuck fighting Seymour on Mount Gagazette and not getting past him until I got the remaster later. I have to admit, not realizing the depth of the story when I played when I was younger, themes of war and death were dealt with really well. I love the characters, the battles, the sphere grid, and the fighting with the summons, but Blitzball can fuck right off. It should have been so much fun as a minigame, but it's an absolute fucking chore to play. I love this game so much, and I don't think it gets the love or appreciation it deserves. So... I have someone writing in saying this game sucks, but Blitzball is awesome. I have someone writing in saying everything about this game is awesome, including Blitzball. And I have someone writing in saying this game is awesome, but Blitzball sucks. What a polarizing game. Unreal. Uh, I didn't realize it was that polarizing. I really didn't. Uh, Mikhail Kwamu wrote in and said, this was my first Final Fantasy game that I ever played, in air quotes. My older brother played and I watched him. I remember making fun of the parts where the game would go from movie scene to, or movie, movie cut scene to a game cut scene. I also remember spending way too much time playing Blitzball with him. This is possibly one of my favorite stories since it was my first one and it holds a very special place in my heart. Everyone remembers their first Final Fantasy. 
Final Fantasy 4, man. I love that game. Mad Shibs says, Final Fantasy 10 is my favorite game of all time. It's not the best game ever made, but it's always been special to me. When I got my PS5, the first thing I did was earn the Final Fantasy 10 Platinum Trophy with it. A PS2 game remastered for PS3, re-released on PS4, and platinumed on PS5. That's 20 years and four generations with the same game, and I own a copy of it on every Sony platform. The Platinum Trophy grind is pretty rough. The Sphere Grid took a while to max out, and the Celestial weapons were tough to acquire. For one challenge, you have to dodge 200 consecutive lightning bolts in the Thunder Plains. I lost count somewhere around 100 and ended up dodging 388 just to be sure. I also remember the time my younger brother copied over my 200 plus hour save file on my PS2 memory card. Maybe someday I'll speak to him again. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a that's a reasonable cause for never speaking to a sibling again, but you won't have time because you're spending all your time dodging lightning in the Thunder Plains. You, fuck, to dodge 200 bolts? Fuck that. Much less 388. Jesus. And finally, Laquisha wrote in and said, even as a teenager, I thought the voice acting was bad. Also, I hated that the game never pronounced his name because I had no idea how to say it. I agree. Is it Titus? Is it Titus? Is it like, how do you, I think it's Titus. It's gotta be Titus, but I agree with you. It drives me nuts. I know you could, I don't even like that. You could rename your characters. Call me a fun sponge. Once voice acting came in, no more renaming your characters. Just fucking call them what they're called so that they say their names. Drives me crazy that they don't say his fucking name. We have so many comments, you guys, and we still have a long fucking Final Fantasy X chat to get to. So I read them all personally. Thank you all for sharing. Sorry I couldn't get them all in here. Uh, but I hope you all dig the podcast, and I hope we cover enough of the fucking giant bowl of sausage that is Final Fantasy X to satisfy all of your Final Fantasy X lusts. Because we're going to queue up some of those iconic tunes... And when I get sick of listening to them, Keegs and I are going to talk about Final Fantasy X, which turned 20 years old this week as it released in North America on the PS2 back on December 17th, 2001. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is uh, first timer on the show, longtime member of our community, and uh, surprisingly not shitty person, despite what I may say online. And that is the uh, the official moderator of the official Discord of Remember the Game Industries. It's official all over the place, and that is my man Keegs. How's it going, buddy? And oh, Keegs and his <laughs> stupid arrow handle. Pardon me. How's yeah. it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. How about yourself? I'm great. Well, you know what? I was just saying to Keegs off air, this is the very first recording with this new equipment that I've set up where I'm interviewing somebody. So uh, assuming that when we finish this, I have an MP3 file I can put on the internet, fucking things are going great. And if it turns out I don't have an MP3 file to put on the internet, uh, this was the last ever episode of Remember the Game because I give up. And, uh, and I, that's what we were just joking about is that's going to, eventually that's where the show will end. People have asked me when this is going to end. It's going to end <laughs> when something inevitably goes wrong with technology and I just don't have the patience for it anymore. And I snap and that's it. So hopefully it's not today. Hopefully. Yeah. 
I mean, I was going to say, you blame me for everything that goes wrong anyways. So. Well, that's because, okay. So, all right. So just really quickly, I'm just uh, in case we, I know that we have new people discovering the podcast all the time. So you may have heard me say Keegs and his stupid arrow handle. So just quickly, I'll explain. Keegs is a longtime member of our community. He is the moderator of our discord, which you can gain access to by supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash remember the game. And, uh, uh, I was playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas a couple years ago for the podcast and I was streaming it. I had never played played san andreas before and san andreas is a great fucking game but if you've never played it the one major beef i have with that game is that you have to like level up your abilities and your skills by using them so like the more you run the better endurance you have and the more you swim the better swimming you have and i came across a mission where i had to have swimming at a certain level and i hadn't used my swimming at all so i was on stream literally just swimming around in this corner trying to get my swimming skill to go up enough that i could go do this fucking mission and Akeegs, if I fuck up something, feel free to weigh in and tell me that I've fucked it up. Oh, yeah. So far, I think that's a pretty accurate uh, summarization, correct? Yeah, yeah. Sounds All right. about right. So, uh, so the swimming is just so fucking tedious. And so Keegs in our chat is like, well, hey, man, here's a code. And if you, and it was like, I don't remember, but it's like up, down, left, right, LB, like a code it's, like uh, that. Down, left. It's down, left, LB, down, down, right trigger down left trigger down okay and so keeks leaves that in the chat he's like <laughs> if you pop this in it'll instantly like max out your swimming level and i'm usually anti-cheat codes or whatever whatever you want to call them but in this instance i was like i'm trying to stream no one thinks this is entertaining i'm bored i gotta this is a fucking like 800 hour game i need to finish let's get our shit together let's just use this code so i put in this code then i get out of the water and then right away, it goes to five alarms or whatever the fuck it is. Five badges, five stars. And I've got fucking SWAT helicopters shooting at me and everything like that. And I start screaming at Kigs that you sack of shit. This code didn't help me swim. This code called five-star <laughs> police forces. Kigs has disputed that the reason the five-star police forces showed up wasn't because of his code. It was because I got out of the water into like a military base and instantly triggered the five stars. And so far, am I accurate? Yeah, but and like thinking back on it now, there's no way it could have been because you climbed out in a military base. That just makes no sense. Oh, I, I have like... I was going to say, like I was expecting you to be like, no, you did get out and get into the military base. No. No, no, no. Keegs fucking no, sabotaged me and sandbagged my fucking stream. That's what fucking happened. Yeah, he no. gave me a wrong I, code. I'm on the same page for that. Yeah. He gave me a bad code. And then when I put it in, the police fucked me up. And now on our Patreon page and everything, Keegs handle is Keegs. And then he actually has changed it to say Keegs in his stupid arrow handle. But forever it was Keegs. And then the actual code that he had put into his handle on Patreon as a reminder of what an untrustworthy piece of shit he is. So if you're wondering why I always call him Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, now you know. And never believe Keegs. Never trust anyone with a name like Keegs because they're fucking shady sacks of shit that are going to sabotage your game in front of the world. And that's what happened there. In front of the world? In front of the world. Well, I mean, like it was only like 15 people watching, but the world had access to watch it. I mean, the, the, the VOD's probably still up somewhere, right? 
Oh, I'm sure it's still up. Dude, because that was the same playthrough where I had to do the... Mi Sorry, guys. I promise we're going to talk Final Fantasy X. We're not, we're not just going to talk Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. But that's the same fucking stream where I had that mission where I had to shoot the helicopter out of the air with the rocket launcher. And I ripped down the freeway on a motorcycle, got off it, turned around and started bombing this helicopter with the rocket launcher. Did it. But then when the helicopter crashed, it landed on me and killed me and I failed the mission, which yeah. was the biggest oh, load of that. shit. What a load of shit. Ah, oh, fucking garbage game. I fucking hate that game. I, I don't. Are you going to... Well, the, the remaster's coming out soon. Yeah, so... I was, was going to say, this should go live before that. If not, it'll go live right around the time. Are you going to get the remaster trilogy? Uh, probably not. Well, actually, I think I just saw an article that's coming to Game Pass, so I'll probably download it on Game Pass. I, yeah, I think it's San Andreas is going to Game Pass, and 3 is going to PlayStation now, and nobody wants Vice City. Yeah. So... Oh, there you go. But Time I, to get PlayStation now. Yeah, I would say Vice City is going to Switch Online, but I, we both know that's uh, never going to... Cool. That'll never happen in a million years. Anyway, uh, okay, so what are we at here? Six minutes without even mentioning... Okay, so... Uh, oh, here we go. Here's what are we fucking, talking about again? No, here's your segue. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas <laughs> is, I think, pretty unequivocally one of the greatest games in PS2's library. I know it's just on the, not just on the PS2. For my money... It is maybe the definitive title of the PlayStation 2 library. That's me. That's my opinion. Uh, but some would argue that our topic this week is the definitive title in the PlayStation 2 library. That was a fucking segue. Uh, wow. we, we are talking Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X, originally released on the PlayStation 2. Uh, I played this as a kid. I didn't finish it because I got stuck at one boss and got angry and then went out on my rebellious young youth ways. And I think I was like 18 when this game came out. What year did this come out? 2001. Yeah, I was 18 when this game came out. So I, I was allowed to drink here in Alberta. So I, I got stuck at a boss and then went to the bar and never came back to Final <laughs> Fantasy X. But when I started playing this for the podcast, you got all hot and horny. If I'm not mistaken, you're a bit of a... you're. I'll give you the floor. I'll shut up for a minute. You're a bit of a Final Fantasy X fan, are you not? Just a little bit, yeah. It's, uh, I think I've put more hours into this game than any of the other Final Fantasies combined. <laughs> but now, and maybe I'm wrong, did you say you've never beaten it? Uh, no, I've never beaten all the side quests. Like, oh. so there's, there's like some bonus endgame bosses mm -hmm. and like in the monster arena, and okay. then some new ones in the remaster. Okay. And they're just like big HP sponges that you have to have your whole party maxed out on the spear grid. I was just like, I love the game, but not that much. Okay. Because I remember you telling me that you would like put so many hours into this game and everything. And I'm like, that's cool. Like we all, everyone listening to this has at least one video game that they've put uh, almost, and I'm not, almost an embarrassingly high number of hours into. Like I'm like that with, uh, with, with MLB the show and with Minecraft. I'm almost embarrassed of the amount of time I've probably spent on those games. So I'm not judging. Like, dude, there's way worse times to spend or way worse ways to spend your time gaming than playing Final Fantasy X over and over. I just, yeah. I had it in my head until this podcast that you were like, oh yeah, I put like 5,000 hours into it, but I've never finished it. And I wanted to just be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Beat, beat it one time, <laughs> but okay, as long as you have beaten it, then okay, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, shut up. Beat it a bunch, just never 100% it. Okay. So then, which like, dude, I don't think there's anything wrong with not 100%ing a Final Fantasy game. Because this is always... Beginning with Final Fantasy IV, which as many of you may or may not know, that's which was Final Fantasy II on the Super Nintendo. That's my, that's my, that was the one that popped my cherry. That's my first Final Fantasy, and I still have a sweet spot for that game. But aside from that game, 
and seven. I think I've played seven a couple of times and I've basically hundred percented seven and I basically hundred percented four. I've never hundred percented a final fantasy game. I've beaten a lot of them, but I've never hundred percented them. Dude, there's uh, here's your one per episode, everybody. There's so much meat <laughs> on the final fantasy bone. And I'm just, and 10 was like that. Like I, I, there's a lot to unpack in this game. Uh, yeah. Okay. I wanted to start with the sphere grid because I was like, there's a lot to go on there, but like, we'll pull it back. We'll get into the sphere grid. I just, is this, so is this your favorite final fantasy or is this just the one you've played the most? Like, it's like I call it like a one, a one B to use one of your terms with this and final fantasy nine. Okay. Like final fantasy nine. I just, the story I like a lot better, but then this one just the, the gameplay is, is what does it for me. And just now, it was are either of them your first your first Final Fantasy? Uh, no, I actually played Final Fantasy one back in the day oh, Jesus. on my babysitter's NES. Oh Jesus! And you came back. That's fucking admirable. Yeah, Gee, fuck. Yeah, I, but I was like too young to like get RPGs back then, so like oh. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I think okay. my first like RPG that I knew I, what I was doing was actually uh, Mario RPG. Okay, okay. So you didn't realize when you were playing the original Final Fantasy on the NES that it's a broken fucking turd. Yeah, no. I was like <laughs> six playing it. Okay, like. okay. For, sorry, just quick, for the record, if you've listened to the show, I, I don't hate the. I, we actually have an episode about the original Final Fantasy in the archives. I don't hate it. It's just when I played it, everyone was like, "Don't play the original," <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, I'm a traditionalist. I'm playing the original." For the love of everything I was holy, one of those people. yeah, you were. For the love of everything holy to all of you, if you're gonna play the original Final Fantasy, just find a version that's not the original NES version because it's just. The grindiest motherfucking grind you've had. Oh God! But okay, so you started with play, one. Play the Game Boy Advance version. That's that's the best version of the game. Yeah, and like I actually think the original was a good game. Like I was, I had a great time with it. It's just holy fuck, is it slow and tedious? But that's you know, it's well, NES, and it's also personally. it's literally broken. Right. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah. In there, multiple, there's yeah. stats that don't work properly. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. The spells and shit that are broken as fuck. And anyway. Um, okay, I was curious because, like, I know a lot of people have a soft spot for their first Final Fantasy, I mean, and I, I got to imagine because, like, dude, the, the thing about Final Fantasy X is I remember when, the, like, you're a little younger than me, but you must remember yeah. when Final Fantasy X came out, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I picked it up right when it came out. Yeah, me too. I remember when this game came out and, like, after seven, I didn't play eight or nine back in the day. I have since. But I didn't back in the day because I'm I'm just really not a huge RPG guy. But when Final Fantasy X came out, like the PlayStation, t- dude, I I don't think this can be stressed enough. If any of our younger listeners, because I know we've got some younger listeners listening to this podcast, if you didn't grow up during the PlayStation 2's heyday, you just don't get how big of deal that console was like the PlayStation, like the original PlayStation was huge. The Nintendo 64 was huge, but the, the PlayStation two Keegs is just, there's a reason it's the best selling console of all time. And no one's going to take that title from it. The PS two was just a a stratosphere all of its own. It was incredible. Um, it's funny too. Cause like I got mine just for a DVD player. That was all I wanted originally. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, um, I, mem- I remember my mom bought my dad a DVD player when those came out. And it was like 600 fucking dollars or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. A couple years later, we got a PS2 for 200 or 300 bucks or whatever it was that had a DVD player in it. Yeah, genius. <laughs> like that was why I bought mine was for the DVD player. And then it turned out I actually really liked the console. But like when I think of the PlayStation 2, the games that personally pop into my head 
are Twisted Metal Black, because that's still... I, I, God, I love that fucking game. Metal Gear Solid 2, but for all the wrong reasons, because that game can suck a taint. Uh, Grand Theft Auto and Final Fantasy X. Like, those are... Yeah. Like, am I, am I, like, and I guarantee you there's people listening to this that are yelling, Shadow of the Colossus, Jack and Daxter, fucking Dark Cloud, whatever, insert your favorite game here. But, like, you like... When I think of the PS2, this is one of the first games I think of. Is it, is it yourself? Yeah. Like, right? those are good games that you just listed, but, I mean, I don't think any of them were on the level that, that Final Fantasy X was. Like, Final Fantasy I, X was just, it was, because the thing was, like, seven was a phenomenon. Like, and I know we, like, we've talked Final Fantasy VII on the show in the past. People can weigh in on their thoughts on Final Fantasy VII. Seven was a phenomenon. And then eight we all is the most controversial game in the series. And I think part of its problem is because it had to live in seven shadow nine for my money. I've said many times, I think it is the best final fantasy game, at least the ones that I've played, but it got a little bit forgotten. It's not that it didn't get played. It's just that like at that point, the PlayStation was starting to show its age a little bit and yeah. it, got, it got missed by some people back then. Um, Whereas this game was yeah, basically came out pretty, pretty close to the end of the lifetime of the PlayStation one. Did it not? Yeah, I believe it did. Yeah. Um, plus, yeah, so you've got Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, plus Tactics, plus fucking three quadrillion other RPGs on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. Uh, fucking unbelievable JRPG library on that fucking console. Well, then not to mention they ported Final Fantasy 1 and 6 and 4. And, and Chrono Trigger. Trigger. Yeah, yeah. One. Fucking incredible. Like, it's every, like, it's just, the, the the PS1 to this day might be the greatest RPG console of all time. I know that's a debatable topic, but if you're, if it's in the discussion, without question. Yeah. Um, but then when the PlayStation 2 came along, like, it was huge, and it was selling, like, gangbusters. But Final Fantasy X is, is Final Fantasy VII to the PS2. Like, it was so mm-hmm. big. And I remember the fucking, I remember the hype leading up to it. I can... Like, I'm looking at it right now, but even without looking at it, I guarantee you 99% of people listening to this can envision the cover art for Final Fantasy X, like, in a half a second. Like, it's just, everyone remembers it. I remember personally thinking the voice acting was so, it's funny because back then I was like, wow, and now replaying it, I'm like, I hate the voice acting so much in this fucking game yeah. but back then that was a huge deal like that there was no more written tag like we had voice acting for all the dialogue that was huge uh yeah like before we get into our ups and downs on this game because i think i have more downs than you but this is i don't think this is a perfect video game by any stretch i just oh no definitely I, not no but i just i cannot understate like the importance of this game like and i get why so many people say that this is their favorite or this is like their favorite game of all time this is one of the most treasured games of all time i get it i i disagree not in the sense of it being your favorite because you can let whatever fucking game you want be your favorite i don't think it's it's a top it wouldn't be my top three final fantasies personally um but but it's by no means bad it's by no means bad. This is a this is a really special video game. And I'll tell you, man, even never finishing it, when I fired back up on my Switch, the remaster collection started playing it like the fucking nostalgia in this game. I don't know if it's because of the era it came out. I don't know if it's the music. I don't know if it's the voice acting. I don't know. I don't know if you feel like that. You probably do because you've played it so much. But like from the yeah. title screen, I just this rush of nostalgia every time I fire this game up every time. Yeah, yeah, same, same for me. Like just the remixes of like the classic Final Fantasy songs and everything, and like, yeah, like, yeah. I think it, this is um, like uh, Nobu Metsu's 
final 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 Fantasy game where he did all the soundtrack. Oh yeah, like, okay. And and dude, and this game's fucking soundtrack is like and it's not I don't even think it's necessarily fair to complete to compare part of me this game soundtrack to previous Final Fantasies cuz obviously it had, you know, PlayStation 2 technology that no previous Final Fantasy had had access to. But uh yeah. the, my god, man, the soundtrack this might be my favorite Final Fantasy soundtrack actually. Like it, it might be. Yeah. Um Yeah, it, it's up there for me too for sure. Right. Yeah, it's so good. And so uh, so, so the music is great. I, I actually, I mean, granted I played the remastered version where I assume they cleaned it up a bit, but I will say that, by, uh, I think they reorchestrated the tracks for the remastered version. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Um, but like not only the music, but like graphically, I, I, it's like, we all, we all joke about looking back on final fantasy seven. Now the original final fantasy seven and being like, this is fucking, this is fugly. But that's a, it's a, I know it's a great game and it's an important game, but that is a fucking ugly video game by today's standards, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, whereas like, I think nine still looks quite well, but it was near the end of the PlayStation one's library. So they had, you know, or lifespan. So they had better grip on it. Uh, this is not like a end of the PS2 era game. Like this is fairly early in the PS2's life cycle. And, and I think pretty close to launch. Yeah. And I, and I, I gotta be honest, like I was a little shocked at how well the graphics or how good the graphics looked in this game. Like it, it's a show, like I, I just recently replayed it for the first time for this show, and uh, it holds like graphically and and the music it holds up like it's a great it, it they could release it today and I'm sure some people would be online and be like oh the texturing on the ball looks like shit or fucking whatever because that's what the internet does but like I think by yeah. and large this is a great <laughs> this is a fucking gorgeous looking video game quite frankly gorgeous gorgeous um especially because of like there's so much tropical like it's such a tropical setting for so much of it. Yeah. That, that was, I think maybe that's probably one of the biggest draws for me coming back to the game over and over again. You just had so much like dark, gritty, futuristic stuff with like seven and eight, not so much with nine, but it was still kind of like darker, but the medieval thing, whereas this is just like, yeah, like bright tropical, like, and like, I don't know anything like, like, I'll, I, this might be a stupid question, but like, I know you've never made a video game. Do you know anything about video game design at all? I don't. No. Okay. Not a thing. <laughs> My understanding is that water is one of the most difficult things to get right because it's, which yeah, I, I have sense. heard that. Yeah. And I'd believe yeah. that. Uh, I won't lie to you. Like, I don't, even to this day still, I think even with like current technology, water is still like one of the hardest things to get right. Yeah. Which is why most games shouldn't have it. Get rid of your fucking swimming levels because they're bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I, I even the water in this game, I was like, dude, even the water looks looks pretty good. I was I was really shocked replaying this, how good this yeah. game. And I'm not a graphics guy. I don't really give a fuck what my game looks like. Um, I was a little bit floored at just how good this game looked the whole way through too. Like really, really good looking video game. Um, now, having said that, we've talked about the music and how good it is. We've talked about how good it looks. If it doesn't play well, then it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, yeah. And this is where I'm like, so this is kind of the meat of the Final Fan Final Fantasy X. I mean, we can get into the story later, like, because I'll be honest, like, you kind of like, I'll be honest with you, I think the story is fucking kind of dumb in this game, personally. Yeah, um, it, it's a it's it's a we it's a weird one. Yeah, it is. It's but, just kind of mixed up how they tell the story with it. We we like Ethan. We can talk about that a bit later. I don't know if you want to talk about spoilers or whatever. But. Oh oh yeah, rest assured, everybody. I try not to spoil stuff. Sometimes it's Final Fantasy X. It's twenty years old. We're spoiling shit. So get ready. 
Um, just be prepared. That's all. You've had 20 years. And I can't I can't believe Titus was cloud the whole time. Right? Oh, my God. No. Yeah, yeah. All it is is when his hair gets wet, it falls down like Titus's. And then for all of you that had a hard-on for cloud back in the Final Fantasy VII days, that's what he actually sounds like. He's got a horrible voice. No. Uh, no, we'll do the story. We'll do the story afterwards because I have more. I have good and bad things to say about both. But, okay, we'll get into the gameplay first. So, I mean, it's classic JRPG, but, and this is me personally, like, when I first started playing this game again, dude, what originally stood out to me that I think is so rad is the way you can swap party members mid-battle as much as you want. Yeah. Um, compared to like a Final Fantasy VI, VII, VIII, or nine, where you had to pick and choose your team and you had to take you know three members or four members or fucking whatever. Uh, in Final Fantasy X, you have access to your... Everyone that's in your party, you have access to them anytime you want. As long as they're not dead... You just hit the trigger button and you can swap out anybody for anybody at any time. And almost every, well, every character in the game has like certain strengths. Like Waka throws his ball, so he's best at taking down flying enemies. Obviously, Lulu's got her magic. Oron is, or Oren, how do you say it? Oren? That's how I say Oren. it. Oren, yeah. Oren's yeah. just a tank. Titus is fast, so he can hit the speedy enemies. Like everyone's got their pluses. And when I first was replaying it, I was like, God. And then there's Kamari. Oh, and then, yeah. And then there's fucking every, <laughs> every Final Fantasy game has a dud. Every single one. Yeah. Final Fantasy IV had Edward. Well, Final Fantasy V didn't really because it only had four characters. And if you had a dud in Final Fantasy V, that was on you for playing the game yeah. wrong. Final Fantasy VI has like three duds. But the one I hate the yeah. most is that fucking big abominable snowman guy. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name. Me neither. I fucking hate that guy. Final Fantasy VII <laughs> had Kate, Kate Sith or whatever the fuck he's called. He yeah, sucks. Kate Sith and Yuffie. I, I didn't care much for Yuffie either. Nah, I didn't love Yuffie, but she was a fucking beast compared to Kate Sith, that fucking dud. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy VIII, I, you know what? I think Squall is kind of the dud in Final Fantasy VIII, yeah. personally. And I like that game, but he Squall's sucks. Squall's definitely the dud. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy IX has Quinoa, or whatever the fuck it's called, that weird-looking chef oh, uh, thing. Quinna. Quinna and Amaranth. I didn't hate Amaranth. Not nearly as much hey, as Quinoa. Kind of, he's kind of dumb. Yeah, but Quinoa fucking... Quinoa is like Kate Sith's yeah. fucking brother or yeah. something. Oh, fucking sucks. Oh, Quinoa. Yeah. yeah, I hate it. It's Quinoa forever. And in Final Fantasy X, there's Kamari. Kamari fucking sucks. Kamari... I know he's the blue mage and he can steal yeah. other... He can steal enemies' abilities, but like 99% of the time, Kamari's useless. Fucking useless. Well, and, and even story-wise, they don't really do a whole lot with him. No, his horn's broken. Like, that's yeah. the problem. Like And so it's like... Like, and I know that there's like more significant meaning to it than this, but I was like, to me, it feels like you're just dick shaming this guy. Like, and I know that's not what it is, but that's what it felt like. And I just was like, I have no love for you either. I have no time. How did you take a guy as big and bad? Cause he's badass looking. He's yeah. probably, he's probably like when most... you first get introduced to him in that cutscene. He comes like jumping down and then you got to fight him. Like that yeah. was insane. Sure. Yeah. He's probably like, if you were to just, if you knew nothing about this game and you just looked at the assortment of characters that you can play as Kimari looks like the coolest character. And then you get yeah. playing it and you're like, this guy fucking sucks. But well, <laughs> okay. I, I didn't plan on shitting on him quite yet, but now it's done. Kimari fucking sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, he does have, he does have one redeeming factor. Because he starts in like the center of the sphere grid, you can send him down Riku's path right away, and then you have a thief earlier. Right, sure. 
But sure. then once you get Riku, he's useless. He is completely useless. Um, but getting back to the swapping out teammates, when I first started playing it, I was like, God, that's such a rad mechanic. And I think it's... And then, I, and then the more I played it, the more I became lukewarm on it. And I'll explain why. When you first have that ability... You've never had that ability in a Final Fantasy game to just swap out your characters as much as you want. And this is a stupid comparison, but I go back to the original Ninja Turtles on the NES. I love that you can switch between the four turtles whenever you want because that almost becomes part of the strategy of the game. It's just like, you know, Leonardo's almost out of health, so I'll protect him until I have a chance to fill up his, his health. And same thing in, in Final Fantasy X, you know, like Waka is almost out of health. I'll swap him out for now so that he doesn't die and he still gets some experience points for this battle, but I'll just hide him in the back and use another teammate's health. So it's almost like yeah. you can, like you can basically use someone as like a, a sacrificial lamb if you want to, Kamari, and just throw them in there and let them take a beating <laughs> for you if, you if you need to. And so I love that. Well, especially because you can, you can see the turn order on, on the right side of the screen. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the way it's got that counter on the side to show you whose turn is going to be next so you can kind of plan out your moves that way and... And stuff like that. I I really liked it, and I liked the way that each character kind of specialized in the enemies that they could take out. But I won't lie, like as I played through the the forty hours or whatever it is I put into the game, like it does hit a point where other than bosses or really deep like strategic fights, like when they're just the generic random encounter fights, it almost got to the point where like at times I was getting a little bit just like oh for fuck's sakes, like okay it's two flying guys and an armored guy. So I got to make sure to get walk out here to take out the flying guys. And then Oren's got the fucking yeah. piercing ability. And it was like, I like it, it hit a point where like you almost not entirely, but like there are instances in this game where like you almost, you almost can't fight certain enemies with certain characters in your party. And it's a yeah, little bit. Well, and, and you, if you use the right character, it's almost always a one shot. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, Kill yeah. Them. Thank you. I forgot about that. But yeah, that's the other thing is like, I, I think this is, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say this game is a walk in the park, but I do think having, like, I've played 1, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 15, and I would, if this isn't the easiest of all the ones I've played, I would put it in the in the top two or three easiest Final Fantasy. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that as well. Like, as far as, like, the base game goes, like, the, the post-game stuff is insane. Sure. But- yeah, if you want to go looking for extra stuff, of course, yeah. But like to just go through and see how the story plays out, 90% of it's very simple. And you're right. I kind of forgot about that. But a big part of the reason it comes across is so easy is because, yeah, like if you use the right enemy on the right enemy, or pardon me, if you use the right uh, character and the right attack on the right enemy, it's a one-hit kill. It's like it's like playing Pokemon and just making sure that you use an ele- or a, a char- like a, an elemental attack that's always strong against your opponent. And it's really, really yeah. simple. And... I like and I'm interested because you've put more time into this game than me. So like, if you if you didn't find it, then I'd be very interested to know. But like, I I felt I I felt that it started getting quite tedious at times. The random encounters. Yeah, they de- they definitely do. Like there's for just, me too. Like, like there's no challenge to like ninety percent of them. Yeah. And and yeah, then the ones there there's like the some like kind of like I wouldn't even call them mini boss, but like kind of the, the stronger enemies. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are just like, oh, they just hit harder and have more HP. Yeah. So it's not even that they're like that difficult. They're just, you're so used to one-shotting everything. So they just feel that much more difficult by comparison. Yeah. But then like really in the grand scheme, they're not that tough. No, even like some of like near the end of the game, you run into like, I don't know if they're full-blown Bahamutes or not, but like they look like them anyway. I can't remember what they're technically called. 
And, uh, and the first time you fight when you're like, Oh fuck, this guy packs a punch. But then like, I know personally, I was at a point where between the sphere grid and leveling up plus customizing their weapons, if I was just rocking the team of Oren, Waka and Titus, like it was like yeah. maybe two or three turns and I could kill anything in the game that wasn't a boss. Cause the three of them would hit yeah, for that's... so much damage. Yeah. That's my go-to party as well. Pretty much once you get to the calm land, I start dropping the rest of the party off and just focusing those three. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, and I tried to level up everybody because I always do that in my games. And that's where I like the ability to swap in and out characters on the fly because like you can literally pull in a Lulu or a, or a, or a, um, a unit. I was trying, I was trying to think of what Eunice fucking name was. I was like, you know, that the, the, the chick that calls the, the what's does the things, but it's, it's yeah, Yuna. Yuna. Um, like yeah. you can swap out <laughs> for like a Lulu or a Yuna, literally just have them like do a, a, a meaningless physical attack or cast like a little spell, pull them out and they get just as much XP as fucking Orin, who's literally like, or Orin might be the most overpowered character in the history of Final Fantasy without doing anything. And I don't mean that. Cause like, I know there's other characters that do like one hit kills and stuff like that. But I mean like without even trying, like you don't have to do anything special to him Oren is just a fucking monster in this game from beginning yeah. to end. Um, hey, he's slow, but that's easily sure. fixed. But all, but all that is is like, well, you're just waiting for him to one hit kill ninety percent of the enemies in the game. Like that's yeah. like he's so strong. Um, and so I liked the ability of swapping out characters because I could make sure everybody got their XP and they kept bumping up. But you're right, I found that like outs, like I only, I only used Yuna when I needed a summon or I needed to heal. And I only used Lulu when I was fighting like one of those blobs that's resistant to everything except magic. Um, yeah. But like, you're right. It's, 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 you basically roll a three man team of Titus, Waka and Oren, and then you use Riku uh, to steal from enemies like robots yeah. or enemies that are going to automatically heal and stuff like that. And so it's a really cool idea, but I just feel like, the, I don't know how to word it. I feel like, they almost leaned too hard into the giving everyone a, a special skill that they could use that, you know, it became, yeah. and then at the same time they made some characters special skills. So useless that like they, they, the characters themselves become useless as the game goes on. Yeah. Um, and I like, I mean, with Kamari too, back to, back to shitting on Kamari, like yeah. they gave him piercing on his weapons as well, but he doesn't have the attack power. To, no. Like one hit kill, like the armored enemies, like Warren does. No, so it's just like I, I only found Kamari he's useful. Not good at anything. No, like, I only found him useful until I got Orin. And then I was like, oh, yeah. now I can pierce, but it actually does some damage too. And I was like, well, this guy yeah. sucks now. And then after a while, I put piercing on Titus's weapons too. And then I was like, well, now Kamari, yeah, Kamari's fucking just useless. So I, I like the yeah. idea of the swapping them out in the specialization. I just felt like, I don't know. I. I feel like they could have done more yeah, with they it. Were, they were trying something new. And, yeah, yeah, they were. You know, it, um, it works for a bit, but then it just kind of gets a little stale. It gets really stale, it, yeah. It's not it like it gets awful and shitty. So, like, I mean, I call that a win. No, that's the thing is, like, I only have one huge gripe with this game, and I have been talking about it in our Discord and stuff the whole time I was playing it, and we'll save that for near the end because <laughs> I'm going to sound the fuck off. But, like, no, I don't. I don't... I don't find the combat in this game bad by any stretch. I will say, as someone that doesn't enjoy random encounters in my games, like I much prefer when I can see the enemies on the screen. Uh, it was nice yeah. that so many of the fights were one-hit kills. Because the thing is, is like I know it's easy to sit here and be like, well, it's too easy because they're all one-hit kills. 
unless you go into an area you're not supposed to be in, in most Final Fantasy games, 90% of random encounters aren't going to kill you anyways. Yeah, exactly. It'll just, just be that odd, big, strong enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like by and large, it's just that it takes two or three rounds of attacks to kill the enemies in those where you're just mashing attack. Whereas in this game, yeah. you swap out for the right teammates and at least it's a one and done and you, you know it's 30 seconds of your life and you fucking move on. Exactly, yeah. Um, now the sphere grid, which if you've never played Final Fantasy X, you have seven party characters? Uh, Titus Walker, yeah, seven of them, Lula, I believe. Yuna, Orin, Riku, and Kimari. Yeah, seven. And all seven of them are on this like a sphere, a giant grid. It's a sphere grid. It's a giant grid. And they all have, like a starting point. And then as you play the game, uh, you're, you don't level up. Like per se, like you don't go to like level three, four, five, six, and let your stats go up. Uh, you gain the ability to like take steps or whatever you want to call it on the sphere grid, and then you can basically. And this is you have more experience at this than me, so I'm interested in hearing your perspective on this. But like, at least at a glance, you can basically level up your characters however you want. Like they all have a path except for Kamari, who doesn't really. And they, they like yeah. like like Titus's path plays to a lot of speed and agility. Orin's path plays to a lot of physical strength. You know, Lulu's path obviously plays to black magic, etc. But you can take them off into other paths and make them level up in other ways if you want to. And while I was playing it, with the exception of Kamari, I kept my characters on their standard path until I basically reached the end of it and then went after other abilities that I wanted. But I feel like the yeah, game... That's, that's generally the way you want to do it. Yeah, I feel like the game... and. I don't mean to sound. I don't mean for this to sound like as big a dig as it's going to sound, but like I almost feel like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a false. Um, I feel like they make you think you've got a ton of ability to customize your characters however yeah. you want, but then when you get starting it, you realize that like, well, if I take you know Titus off of his path and put him on Orin's path, so he gets all the strength and stuff it kind of does me a disservice because he doesn't get all the speed and everything that he needs to make his character useful. So yeah. I like you've spent more time in it than, than me. Am I wrong? Or is like, is it really, is that customization there or is it there, but you're fucked if you use it? That's how I feel, but I'm interested. In it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of both. Like it is there, but you're locked out of a lot of it from not having like the, you have to have the key spheres basically to yeah. like leave any part of your grid. Yeah. But then with the remaster, what they did is they gave you the option to pick the expert sphere grid instead. And that basically just changes the, it changes the entire sphere grid up. And that one, if you select it, you have a lot more customization right out the gate okay. where you can send everybody to do different things. Say you want Titus to be your black mage instead of Lulu. And you want Lulu to basically be Orin. You can do that with okay. the expert one. A okay. lot easier anyway. Because I, like, I Which remember... Is fucking hilarious, I think. She's got her little tiny doll. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, <laughs> it runs up and is just, like, killing stuff. I think I attacked with her ten times in the whole game. <laughs> like, and it was just to, like, kill time with her. And, like, I just need her to do something so that she'll get some XP. But then, you, all right, that's enough. Get out of here now. We'll call you when we need you. <laughs> Go sit down. Um... But no, like, because I remember when I played this game the first time, I really tried to go off on my own, and and that's what I tried to do with like two or three of my characters was send them down Orin's path because I was like, well, I'm gonna make just a bunch of tanks, 
And then it turned out that like they didn't have the base stats that Oren did. They didn't get nearly as strong as him. They lost out on the abilities that make them useful. And that was part of the reason I stopped playing the game because I was like, well, my party fucking sucks. Like I've, I've, I've self-sabotaged my builds here. And I feel like the game really, and I'm speaking the original, not the remaster, but the original, like it makes you think like, hey, yeah, man, you can move around on the sphere grid however you want. Go fuck around and build your own team. But then when you do it, you realize that like, well, I've kind of just fucked myself here. And I and I felt like yeah. I like I felt like they got they put one foot into that pool of being able to like the Final Fantasy V route of being able to build your team however you want, and then they were like, ah, well, not that much. You know what I mean? Like if you get too crazy, you're just gonna fuck it all up. And I I like the yeah. Spear Grid idea. Uh, I just thought I I just I felt like they got halfway to making it what it should have been and then stopped. Uh, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I think if you're supposed to do the the whole path for each character and then it's well now what do you want to do with them next like right with titus like do you want to send him down orange to make him even stronger right or do you want to maybe send him down walkers so that he has more accuracy and then he can hit flying enemies too right like yeah. once lulu's down hers do you want to send her like down uh Yuna's so that she can get white magic as well and just have like an, a super awesome magical character like yeah, like I, yeah. I, I love the sphere grid concept, but I found it to be borderline uh, useless isn't the term, but I, I found it to be very, it, it very, um, it wasn't freeing until near the end of the game. When I started getting the yeah. ability to start teleporting around the sphere, like I made sure that uh, I made sure Riku got uh, Mimic or whatever it was called. And then I made sure I gave Lulu Holy. And that was how I beat some of the final bosses in the game was just Lulu and Yuna casting Holy with Riku mimicking them. Cause Holy was just yeah. fucking people up. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, like I, I was like, man, I, I really, I wish that there had been more options to do this. And maybe there's people listening. So like there are, you just didn't do it the right way. And maybe that is the case, but I felt like it, it, when, if, when you first see the sphere grid, you're like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And then you start playing and realize like, no, you really can't like, and I, it's yeah. not bad. I liked it. I like it better than like leveling up and then just getting a bunch of random stat boosts that come with each level and not knowing what you're about to get. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was nice to be able to see the progress you were making, but I just wish that there'd been a little bit more freedom with it. That's all. Yeah. The only freedom is if you pick that expert sphere grade, but it's like you have to pick it at the start of the game and straight up. If you don't know what you're doing, like if it's your first time playing it, you pick the expert sphere grid, you can actually just, fuck your characters up sure. just by not knowing what you're doing like, yeah yeah you have to plan out where you want to go otherwise they'll be garbage whereas with the regular sphere grid you're because you're kind of set on those paths right away yeah you kind of don't really have to worry about it too much you're just like okay well this is where i can move so this is where i'll go yeah and you and don't need to fuck around with it no but that like and that's kind of the catch-22 of it because you can't fuck yourself with it but there's really you're not like all like I, there was many it's it's the same as like how you, it's cool that you can switch out your party members, but you almost feel an obligation to just be like, okay, there's flying guys, switch to the flying guy. You know what I mean? And it was the same thing on the sphere grid where I was like, oh, this seems really cool. But then it got to a point where I just was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. Okay. I have four, I can move four spheres with Titus and I got to just log in and I'm not doing anything customizable at all. I'm just moving him as four spaces. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, I, I yeah. and, and then like, it does give you other options. Like you can fill empty, empty spheres with whatever you want and stuff like that. Uh, I just, yeah. Like it's, I remember now that that was why I walked away from this game back in when it released was because I fucked myself 
getting cute with the spear grid and I ruined everything. Um, but I, I like the, <laughs> I, I like the idea of the customization and I also like, uh, the way you can customize your weapons. I actually think this and your armor, I think this is one of the most underrated yeah. aspects of the game, frankly. Um, yeah, the, the customizing your, your equipment is really awesome. You can make some pretty crazy stuff. It's fucking wild. eh? like it's, I will say that like, I don't think the inventory management screen is all that great. Like at any it's given terrible, right? Like at any <laughs> given time, like, Holy Christ, Titus has got nine swords and 13 shields or whatever the fuck he equips for his armor. Um, and then Riku's got two of each. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I hated that part, but like, if you've not played it, you can take like, you can take like different items in the game. You can take the spheres that you use on the sphere grid and you can pump them into your weapons and your armor for all your different characters and completely customize your armor. And it's really, and your weapons. And it's really fun if you get deep into it. Like I, like near the end of the game, I think Waka's, uh, cause I, I was really hot and horny to get Waka the, the triple foul ability where he could inflict. Oh yeah. Like I think it was darkness, sleep and poison or something all at once. Um, uh, silent, not poison. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But then I realized that like, well, I had just customized one of his weapons to do that already. And I was like, well, this is even better. Yeah. Like, I don't even have to use the ability now. It's just every time Waka attacks, he might throw these, these, you know, that these, these, uh, status ailments on enemies and like Titus, Titus, you can give him some piercing shit. And now he can hurt the same guys that Orin and Kamari can, but he can do it way faster and stuff like that. I, not only is it necessary, in my opinion, for some of the near-end boss fights and stuff like that, like to make yourself equipped to deal with certain ailments and stuff like that, uh, but it just, mm. it's, it's I, like, you played more hours than me. Like, did you spend a lot of time with it? Because I could have put countless hours into just fucking with my gear in this game. Yeah, and especially when it comes to, like, trying to max out the spear grid and, like, get ready for, like, the post-game stuff, there's, like, some weapons that you can make that'll, like give you triple AP and like convert your overdrive meter into AP. Right. And so you just want to like make weapons like that. And then basically you go kill one thing and level up like eight times for the sphere grid. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was like one of the things that you have like 700 nodes or whatever the fuck it is to try and get through for each character. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking the sphere grid is huge. And, uh, like some of the best abilities in the game are hidden behind like a ton of like level four sphere locks. And then you've got to go grinding for those and find those in places and stuff like that. Um, but like, it's, it's fucking huge. I like personally speaking, aside from navigating your inventory screens and your, your, like your gallery of weapons and stuff like that, I thought the weapon and, and armor customization was what I wanted out of the whole game. I didn't think there was as much mm-hmm. customization when it came to the sphere grid and how to build your characters. And maybe some will argue with me, but like the way they did it with the weapons, it was just clear as day. It was really easy. It was like, it really hard to fuck it up because it was like, well, even if I ruin a sword, like I'll just make another one. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was, exactly. I, I really, really enjoyed that aspect of the game a lot. Um, and I slept on that for quite a while and then I'll tell you guys, if, you, if you're playing Final Fantasy X and you're not doing a lot of weapon and armor customization and then you get to the end, near the end of the game, uh, you better get your fucking shit together and start customizing gear. Because if you're not equipping yourself with certain like st- like ailment protections and stuff like that, you're fucking done. Uh, like there were a yeah, couple, a couple, couple greasy bosses. Oh, there's a couple where like <laughs> the ability to like uh, ward off like being petrified and stuff like made into stone and things like that uh, makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. Fuck me. 
Um, and you realize that sometimes you'll go into a fight and get fucking worked and then load up your last save and be like, all right, uh, let's see. I have enough, you know, soft, like the item say to give three of you a stone ward, which three of you am I giving this thing to? Because we know that guy's going to make us all into fucking rocks as soon as we go into that fight. Like, that's just one example, but they, yeah. the game near the end. And I actually like, I don't mean it as a criticism, but I, I thought the game didn't really do a lot of emphasizing that you're going to want to do that stuff until the end. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, all that shit you haven't been using, you better start fucking using it. You yeah. Know? Um, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I mean, they kind of do that with, uh, with lots of RPGs where they're like, Hey, here's the system. Here's how you do it. And then it's up to the players to be like, whether or not they're actually going to use it or not. Yeah. Cause you can like, cause the other thing you can level up is your aeons, which are like Yuna's summons and you can like change their abilities mm -hmm. and give them new things. And like, I'm not going to lie to you. I I'm interested to know what you did. Like I beat the game and I don't think I put a single second into customizing any of my summons, my aeons. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't really either. Like, uh, I'll give the non-elemental ones like a cure spell so they can heal themselves. Like, um, give one to like Veil Four and Bahamut. Right. And that's, that's about it. Just cause the other one, the other three, they can just like cast their elemental spell on themselves to heal themselves. Yeah. Cause they absorb it. Well, and like, and that's, that's about it. And like, personally, I, I found, now I did, I should clarify. I did not go and do all of the end game stuff. All this, like I beat the game and that was it. Like I didn't go to like the, whatever the fuck it's called. The like, I did find the, um, the one dungeon that's hidden in the fog when I was in the over map and I accidentally found it, went in there and got fucking uh, obliterated. Oh, the Omega dungeon. Yes. I went in there yeah. being like, Oh, what did I find? And then I was like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be in here. <laughs> like that was, that was yeah. fucking ugly. Um, but just beating the basic game, not only did I not customize my Aeons, I only really use them for the most part. I only use them for when I had Yuna's overdrive filled and I would summon, you know, a Bahamut or somebody and then just use their overdrive. And then, and then I basically would just let them use a basic attack until they were killed if they didn't win the fight that way. Like the, I just, I didn't find them all that useful other than their overdrives yeah. personally. Um, yeah, Sam, I never really got big into using the Aeons just cause a lot of the bosses too will just cripple them. Like anytime you fight uh, a certain bad guy, like he just straight up banishes it. So you get one attack off and then he's like, banish. Yeah. Bye yeah. bye Aeons. And like, Oh, okay. Fuck me, I guess. Yeah, and that was like so. When you use so, like, we'll get into the overdrives, but the overdrives are are their limit breaks from like Final Fantasy VII, and like every character has like an overdrive that you can use when their overdrive meter fills, and they get to do like a super powerful attack or whatever. And Yuna, your summoner, her overdrive is that you'll summon one of her her summons, and they'll have their overdrive locked and loaded. And some of those attacks are fucking devastating. And, uh, yeah. that was really the only time I found myself using them was other than when the game made me was when I was at a boss fight, I would use Yuna's overdrive, usually summon Bahamut and then let him use his overdrive unless like they were weak against one of the other ones. And then you're right within like two turns, they would gotten their asses kicked and got sent away. Like it was just considering the whole game's premise is, Oh yeah. We never even talked about, it. we'll get into this story in a minute, but, uh, considering that the entire <laughs> game's premise is about Yuna going around and figuring out how to use the final summon to defeat this character that nobody can defeat. I was like, the summons seem kind of shitty. Like, like they're just, they don't yeah. seem as intimidating as they are in other games. That's all. 
Maybe right. that's because neither of us put any time into leveling them up. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> guarantee you there's someone listening to this yeah. podcast that's just screaming at their car stereo right now. Like, you fucking idiots. Yeah, you like, can beat the whole you game. You put a thousand hours in and your yeah. aeon's stuck. What are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I just never used them. You I'd rather beat... use those items for my weapons yeah. and my armor. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you can beat there's... the whole game with Shiva. You just have to limit her up properly in Bobo. Anyway. Yeah. Well, because um... like grinding for those items to customize your equipment. It's a fucking grind. Yeah, it is. Um, you basically just have to get bribe for Riku, and then you just sit there and go and bribe enemies over and over again until you're out of money. Yeah. Then you just go fight stuff to get money. Yeah, and that's and like and that's you know what and that's been my um, that's always been the, the my big uh, like my Achilles tendon, I, I guess as it were, when it comes to uh, to to JRPGs is that. Like in the first 20, 25, 30 hours, I'm like, yeah, I got to get everything and get every weapon and see everything and stuff like that. And then near the end of the game, I'm like, I just, okay, I'm ready to play something else. Like, this is me. Yeah. And this isn't a slight on the game. I, I feel like this is about most games. I'm just like, all right, I'm ready to play something else. And then it's like, well, now I finally have unlocked enough of the world. You don't, unlo- you don't unlock the ability to just travel around this game until practically the end of the game before you can fucking yeah. just go yeah, wherever it's you want. Right at the very end. Yeah. yeah. And by then I'm like, I don't feel like going looking for anything else. I just want to beat this fucking game. Uh, so I didn't yeah, do you that. You can always backtrack like a couple areas, but for the most part, like you're locked out of a lot, going back to a lot of areas because of just the way the story is. Right. And and like when the game uses the exact same things to either like put put new spheres down on the sphere grid or level up your weapons or level up your armor or level up your aeons. And it's like all drawing from the same pool of items by and large, not entirely, but you know, for the most part, then it hits a point where like, unless you want to go grinding for these items, you kind of have to pick and choose what you want to level up. And so that was yeah. part of the reason that I was like, well, I'm just going to stick to leveling up my armor and weapons. Cause I don't, I don't need the other. I, and I didn't, I beat the game without needing the other thing. Now I will. And I'll get into the end game in, uh, in a minute, but like, uh, had I not accidentally stumbled upon Yojimbo and his summon, I won't lie to you. I would not have beaten this game. Uh, and I'll explain because I cheesed that boss, the final boss. And I'll explain that. Uh, I'll explain yeah. that in a minute. But um, the other way that you can uh, acquire assets that you can use to level up and new spheres and stuff is by playing Blitzball. And oh. Ev- oh, I could do a whole podcast on Blitzball. Buddy, every <laughs> Final Fantasy, not every, but like, I'm trying to think. Blitzball's pretty divisive. It really well. I was gonna say a lot of the time these mini games are like Final Fantasy VIII had uh, Triple Triad, I think it was called, and yeah. I know some people hated it. I fucking love that. I put so many hours. I, I into think that Triple game. Triad's mostly universally loved. Like it, it's so well loved, they put it in Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, it's so like much the, fun. The MMO, you can go play Triple Triad. And then I think Nine had a game, but I don't. I haven't played Nine in quite a while. Yeah, it, it Nine had, had Tetra Masters. It was a worst version of Triple Triad. Yeah, that's right. And then ten has Blitzball, and you're right. I don't now. I, I will say Blitzball is incredibly divisive. I will also say I don't get why Blitzball is awesome. I don't get yeah. it. Like you, oh, like I, you. I love it. It's 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 underwater hand soccer. Yeah, it's it's. I like, think it makes no fucking sense, but it's awesome. No, it, it's it's so much fun. Like. I like the whole part of the storyline where you have to, so like the main character Titus in his other world or his original life or whatever, uh, he was like a star blitzball player. And then he gets pulled into the alternate world or whatever in this game. And, and Waka is a blitzball, a blitzball captain, but his team sucks and like they never win. 
And then there's a part of the storyline where you basically play out the, 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 the championship, like the, whatever you want to call it, like the world cup or whatever you want yeah. to call it a blitz ball. And you learn how to play it. And then that's the only time in the game that you have to play blitz ball. But then if you want to, for the rest of the game, you can recruit players, sign them the contracts. They can level up and learn new attacks and new abilities. And you can play Blitzball leagues and tournaments and stuff like that. And like Keek said, it's basically underwater water polo, like hand soccer. Um, but it's super like, there's no action to it hardly at all. Like it's not reflex based. It's all about, it's like, how would you explain it? It's almost like playing like a tactical game. Yeah, in a it, way. yeah. For like for a sport, it's very tactical, especially for how like lore wise, it's so fast paced when yeah. you're actually playing it because of just how it is. It's actually pretty slow paced. Yeah, like the only time that you're actually doing something in the game that isn't just picking from a menu like you would in like a, a JRPG like fight. The only time you're not doing that is when you're moving your characters around on the map, uh, which you only do when they've got the ball and there's no opposing players close enough to them. And you can set that to automatic if you want to. So yeah, like the I, whole, I wouldn't, but no, me neither. But the, <laughs> the whole AI game is garbage. For oh, that game, fucking but... terrible. Like you're waiting, like dude, when you're playing as like Titus and you're waiting and waiting and waiting for one of your teammates to fucking get open. So you can throw him the ball and have him take a shot or whatever. Or conversely, you're playing yeah. as like someone on your team. That's got a great passing rating and you're waiting for fucking Titus to get open. So you can send the ball to him so that he can fucking let the jack shot go. And he's just not doing anything. He's just spinning around. And it's like when Homer was, and here's your Simpsons <laughs> reference every week, everybody. It's like when Homer was coaching football and to drop the play, he had one of those old vibrating football machines. And he was like, all right, you two fall over, you spin around in circles. And it's like, that's what your fucking teammates are doing. And it's just like, <laughs> that's frustrating as fuck. But the game of Blitzball and the strategy that goes into it is so much fun. It's like playing a tabletop card game in a way. It's just, oh my God, I fucking, I'm so glad you like it. Because I would have hated to come on here and had to argue with you about Blitzball. Yeah, well, um, I think that's probably why I have so many hours in the game as I do, is just constantly playing Blitzball over and over and over again. Oh. It's so much fun. Trying to get the best team, just yeah. trying to get all those skills. Like it is kind of frustrating trying to get like the key techniques for each character so that they can learn better ones. Yeah. Like the text copy thing in Blitzball is super frustrating to try and get right sometimes. Yes, it is. But more or less for the most part, I really like Blitzball. It's so much fun. And then like literally from the time you play it in the story. Uh, for the rest of the game, every time you hit a save uh, sphere, you can choose to play Blitzball and then go play the league or whatever. Uh, but then also, as you're playing the game, you can just go up to various characters and hit, I think it's square on the PlayStation controller. And then if they're available, yeah. if they're a Blitzball player, you can see their stats, their contract, if they're signed with somebody, and then you can sign them to your team and play them, pay them with actual gill, like from your, from your, like that you have to buy equipment and stuff like that. And uh, it's just, I love it. I think it's so much fun. And I get some people think it's boring. I just disagree. I'm like, you, you're playing as like a character and you're like, okay, I know that this guy has great passing rating. So I'm going to get the ball to him and let him do a lot of the work to get it closer to the net. Because then when you go to pass, any player that's close enough to you will come in as a defensive posture. And then you can choose to try to smash through them or you can choose to try to pass it, pass it, pass them. And then they're, <laughs> there's the one voice, there's crack. The one voice crack. And then their blocking <laughs> ability will like, so if my pass rating is 14, I have a little bit of wiggle room on either end. So like it could be 11, it could be 17, but yeah. it's somewhere in that category. Yeah. I think it goes up and down by, it can go anywhere up to 50%. Yeah. I think you're right. Minus, like yeah. your actual stat is. And then it's the same so. thing with like your opponent's blocking ability. And so like, let's just say that my pass is 15 
and I have two people blocking me and their two blocking abilities are three and five, then in theory, my ball should get past them with seven energy left. And then that, that number yeah. just uh, like goes down as the ball travels to whoever you're passing it to. But then the randomization of like, well, it could be higher than that. It could be lower than that and so on. And it, it, there's a, a, a substantial amount of uh, strategy that goes into it if you're willing to put the time into it. And I love that they make yeah. these optional in their Final Fantasy games. But I, more often than not, I find them so much fun. And Blitzball might be my favorite one. Um, yeah. Although this I, ball gets a little for more frustrating because of that random aspect when you get into the like the high levels. Yeah. Like once you're hitting like level thirty and stuff, just because that it's fifty percent. So like that fluctuation as your stats get higher, that fluctuation is a lot bigger, and so you can get screwed a lot easier just due to the sheer randomness of it. Right. Right. But by lower large, levels of wind ball is really really fun. Yeah, like I think the only game like mini game in an RPG I, I might like more than Blitzball is actually uh, Triple Triad, which I also yeah. just fucking adore. But anyway, um, I'm glad you like Blitzball and that whole part with Waka and like his team, like the Besaid Orox trying to win the championship and stuff like that. Um, I love that whole like that might be my favorite part of the story part of the game, like of the main storyline. Yeah. That might be my favorite part. I love that whole part of it so much um yeah so let's okay if you got any, uh, like we didn't miss anything on blitz i was gonna go into the story yeah um, well, i mean like well, i i can see why some people wouldn't like it just because those first two Blitzball games are so hard they are hard yeah like like i still struggle to beat the goers in that first match against them yeah like, you have to you can't just play Blitzball and be good at it you have to grease it yeah. Like pretty yeah. much if you don't get the jack shot, you can't beat it. And then it's just like get a goal with the jack shot and then just go play keep away and run away so they can't score. That was what I did. Yeah, because I did beat it. But like so yeah, if you've not played it, like Titus, the main character, plays for Waka's team and he has a special ability called the Jack Shot, because that's his, his dad's name is Jack, and his dad is like a legend in the world of Blitzball. And so Titus has the ability to use his dad's like famous shot. And that shot is like at least in the in the in the story game where you have to play it, it's 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 basically a guaranteed goal if you get it off. It's just a matter of getting him yeah. in the right position and then getting it off. And that's what takes so hard. That's what the hard part is: is getting him in position to use it and then get that lead. And then you're right. Then you basically just cheese it and play defense, and then you can win. And I get how some people would experience that and be like, "Well, this is boring." But there's so much more to it if you don't try to cheese the system and you actually just try to play it. So much fun. Yeah. Fucking love it. Um, so the story itself. And now we'll like, I kind of want to get into stuff I don't love about the game as much because I don't, I don't hate the story, but I don't love it. Um, yeah. The long and short of it is that there's this character called Sin or this this creature, whatever you want to call it, called Sin that's just going around. It just basically terrorizes the planet. It's this giant monster that just kills people and pops up and blah blah. And uh, summoners, which Yuna is, uh, have the ability to go on this great journey where they basically acquire all these summons. And if they can complete the, and, and feel free to step in if I say something wrong, but the long and short of it is as they go on yeah. this great journey and acquire all these summons, they eventually get the final summon, which they can use to defeat sin. But while casting the final summon, they'll die. Is, is that the basics of it? It's not casting it. It's uh, like, uh, do we give a spoiler warning? No, we've already warned. We're spoiling away. So go okay, next. Yeah. Go yeah next. So yeah. Like, so what happens is the final Aeon will, defeat sin but then it turns on the summoner and kills the summoner right so like basically like yuna can use this summon to defeat sin and give the world and the and the summon and sin's not gone forever sin's gone for like 10 years i think it is yeah 
Well, because um, then the, the the final A on that kill sin becomes sin. Right. And so Yuna's out to basically kill sin and buy the world 10 years of, of peace and harmony or whatever. Uh, but then the, the, the team knows that like, well, because the rest of the team is her guardians. Like their job is to protect her while she goes on this journey. And they all know that like, well, if she does this, like we'll all get 10 years of peace and quiet, but she'll die. And so the whole game basically, or once they find that out, is they're still on their journey to go defeat Sin, but they're trying to figure out a way to do it without killing Yuna in the process. Yeah. Well, Titus doesn't know right off the bat. Like, he thinks, like, oh, we'll go beat Sin and then have a good time. Like, right. they don't tell him till like, over halfway through the game that she's going to die. Right. And, okay, and so and there's, okay, so, like, this is my qualm, maybe my... Okay, it's not my biggest qualm with the game. I have a fucking much bigger qualm with this fucking game than this. But what drives me crazy, not crazy, what I don't love about it is that I get the idea. And then you find out later that uh, Sin is Jekt, who is Titus's father, uh, because he had yeah. come to this world in a previous time. And then he and uh, Yuna's father and Orin had defeated Sin. But in the process, Jekt became the final, became Sin, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. I was down with all that. And I and I get the story where they're like, especially once Titus, because obviously Titus and Yuna are falling in love with each other. And then you start to realize yeah. that like, okay, well, Yuna's going to die to save the world and they don't want her to die. So Titus and all them, are they're trying to come up with a plan to save her. But then Titus also knows that this is his dad. And I get all the moving parts. Um, but it just, it just be like, once you find out the details as far as like, well, why does somebody die when this happens? Why does the final summon kill everybody and kill sin and everything. I just thought that it came. I was expecting a bigger twist. Maybe that like, I was yeah. like, maybe don't tell us Jack is sin until the very end of the game or something like that. Maybe that's just me. I, I don't know what I wanted. I just felt yeah, this story let down. I don't know if that would make it a little bit better. I think it's just the whole, they did the classic, like as for as much as they changed everything up with this game, they still did their classic final fantasy trope where, you beat what you think is the final boss, and then they're like, hey, here's a guy that we're going to introduce right now, and it's the actual final boss. Yeah. It was just... I can't put my finger on what it was about this story that didn't click. I, You know what part of this story... Part of my problem with this story might just boil down to the fact that I fucking hate Titus, like, with a passion. And, <laughs> and I can't... And, like, if you can't get on board with the main protagonist, it's really hard to get fully invested in the story and be like, yeah, I want to help this team win. Cause I won't lie to you. The whole game, there's a huge part of me. That's like, I hope somebody just kills this kid. Like I fucking hate this. Kid. Like, well, <laughs> let's just go without him. I fucking hate him. And maybe yeah. that's, maybe that's my biggest. And like, and you've pointed it out and I get it. And other people have pointed it out. Like the whole game, Titus doesn't know what the fuck is going on until like near the end. And they're kind of just giving him pieces of it. And they, yeah. and, and, and obviously the reason for that is so that it's, it's to give the player a set of eyes to learn everything through. Like it's yeah, I get, like, he's like, yeah, the conduit for the player. They do that trope in movies all the time, right? Where yeah. if it's going to be a fantastical world, they'll just put somebody who doesn't know what the fuck's going on in that world. So then, you know, it just gives, like, so then they don't have to explain everything right away and just can kind of slowly piece it together yeah. for the audience. But like, and I have no problem with that. It was just that like, I don't like, I thought you, I thought I, th I like Yuna. I like Orin. I love Waka. I like Riku. Uh, Lulu is kind of boring, but whatever. I think Kamari kind of sucks too, but whatever. 
I, yeah. it was it was just Titus. I'm like, dude, this is like this is this is final part. I just punched my mic. Sorry if anyone could hear that. But Titus is Final Fantasy X's cloud. It's his it's his Cecil from Final Fantasy IV. It's his like that's the that's the guy. Like this is the guy that we're supposed to like this is the star and i just was like i've never well, even I, i'd argue that the star is yuna and he's okay. there to tell the story but yeah right but but not in the sense of like like i know you're playing as her but like for all intents and purposes the game like you're titus like that's what the game's yeah. trying to say and like it's just even squall from final fantasy 8 like squall sucks he's boring he has no personality he fucking he sucks i like final fantasy 8 he's squall, squall yeah squall's fucking shit titus I'm telling you, man, and I get that this was early in the days of voice acting and video games and stuff like this. If he hadn't been voice acted, I wouldn't have hated him nearly as much. It just feels yeah. like his line and his voice actor is great. That's the voice of Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. He's great. He's a very talented voice actor. I don't know if this is one of his first games or something, or if he recorded his lines away from the rest of the party, but like the whole time I'm playing it, it feels like it doesn't matter if it's a good guy or a bad guy. It felt like every other character's dialogue flowed smoothly with each other. And then Titus just, it felt like two other characters were having like a somber conversation. And then Titus would just be like, well, I don't know. And it would make no sense. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Are you yeah. not? Read the room. I, I just. Yeah, I hate... it's really, it was uh, really bad voice directing for the yes. game, for the dub. Yes. Uh, and, they, like, and it's notoriously bad. There's parts where they have to, like, after the fact, speed up Titus's lines so that it fits in the scene. And he just, like, for whatever reason, just talking really, really fast out, out of nowhere. And... and just, like, especially, like, trying to match up with the lip flap of the game yeah. like it was just because it was so early in like doing it in a video game like it was just I hate it. and like and the thing about it is like, like if yeah. it was if it was any character other than the fucking main protagonist I would it would have been like well whatever okay just every time this guy talks it fucking sucks but like he talks more than anybody and it was just like yeah. oh my god I just wanted to I just wanted to like I wanted Aura to just tell him to shut the fuck up and it was just, I just hated him so much. And I think that was maybe part of my beef with the story was that I just couldn't get behind. Like I could get behind Yuna. Yuna seems like such a sweet kid in the game. Like she seems like, how can you not like her? Like she seems awesome. And you're like, well, I don't want this girl to die either. She seems awesome. But then it was just like this fucking obnoxious little shithead blitzball player kept piping up. And every time he talked, I was like, holy Christ, maybe Yuna wants to die just to get away from you. Shut the fuck up. I just, oh, I hate him. I hate him. And so maybe yeah. that's my big problem with this story. It's not even necessarily this story. I just hated fucking Titus. Maybe that's all. Well, he's not the worst. Wait till you play Final Fantasy XII. Then you'll like Titus a lot I've more. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. I'm not in any hurry to play Final <laughs> Fantasy XII at all. I've heard that many times. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. Like, I have one major gripe that I want to fucking rip on in this game. And we've been going for over an hour already. Um... Lay it on me. Okay, well, just before I fucking drop my oh fuck, I I don't even think it's gonna be angry <laughs> Adam because I don't think it's I don't well it might be for the remastered version but anyway, uh, you've played more of this than me, Keegs. Uh, oh, quickly, yeah. So uh, the only like side optional thingy I did other than playing some Blitzball, I didn't get any final weapons or anything like that. Was I accidentally yeah. stumbled across Yojimbo? Uh, the summon. Okay, yeah, and the calmlands, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't even realize that. I and just... then you said you accidentally went to the Omega ruin. Yes, that I did. Work. But that was so like near the end of the game, you finally get the ability to use your airship to go wherever you want, and then it gives you like an overworld map, 
And you can literally just move your cursor around mashing X. And if there's something there, you'll find it. And I found this yeah. Omega Ruins, which I assume is like a end game optional side dungeon filled with like all kinds. Yeah. I assume there's good yeah, it's loot. Got one, it's got one of the weapons in it, the Omega weapon. Like, you, I don't know, you played the other Final Fantasies. Did you fight like any of the weapons in like Final Fantasy Seven? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there's the Omega weapon and the Omega Ruins. Okay, so like, because I went into that fucking dungeon and got just humiliated. And I was like, all right, well, clearly you need to be a lot more leveled up than I fucking am to do this. So I'm not going yeah. in there. Uh, but Yojimbo, who is an optional side uh, summon, Aeon you can find, uh, he's not even that hard to find. I just found him by playing the game. And then I, 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 I got him. Like, he became one of my summons. And you can pay him. When you summon him, you choose how much money you want to pay him. He's basically like a mercenary. And then he'll show yeah. up and do a random move. And I read about it a lot afterwards. And they say that, like, the whatever attack he shows up and does, it, like, depends on how much you've paid him. It depends on your relationship with him, how much you've used him. Like, there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it. Yeah. And when I was fighting Jack, the final boss, he has two stages. And I, I beat the first stage. Like, the first time, I, like, I, I probably lost to him a dozen times. Um, but then when I did finally beat him, I beat the first stage and then in the second stage, I summoned Yojimbo and I threw every penny I had at Yojimbo because I knew it was the end of the game. So I had like 200 some thousand gil and I threw it all at him and Yojimbo has one of his random attacks is it kills every, it kills anything. It kills anything. Yeah. And it, that includes the final boss in the game. And that was how I beat the final boss was summoning Yojimbo <laughs> and he pulled out his fucking all. And I was like, dude, I did next to no exploring. And the only exploring I did was to find this guy and his weird dog. And he just showed up and saved the fucking planet for me. Uh, and I just thought it was like the, I, maybe it's greasy. It is greasy, but I I'll take it's it. Definitely I, greasy, I don't know if I, pretty fucking funny. dude, I thought that was so rad that that's even something in the game. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. So is there any, what I wanted to ask you was if you have any thoughts on your Jimbo or if there's any side missions that I didn't do that if someone listened to this was going to play the game again, that you would be like, Oh, do this. Cause I didn't do any of them. Yeah. There, there's a bunch you didn't do. Um, but yeah, your Jimbo is cool. But like I said, I got so into just making the weapons that I need that money to bribe monsters to get the items. So I never really used Yojimbo a whole lot because, like, well, I need that money for other stuff. So sorry, dude. Right. You're really cool, but no. Um, there is two other Aeons that you did miss. You can get Anima, okay. like Seymour's Aeon. Yeah. Um, you you know that temple that you go in at the very start of the game? Mm -hmm. Like when you first come to Spira? You can go back there, and then you have to fight that boss that you run away from. And then you can go into the temple and get Anima that way. Okay. And then also there's that summoner that you fight throughout the throughout the game. Yep. If you want to like test Yuna, you can go to her and then in the calm land, and then you can uh, fight each of her aeons again, and they're a lot stronger. And once you beat all her aeons, then you get another extra aeon called the the Magus Sister. Okay. And they're like three bug chicks, which I think we're in Final Fantasy. Oh, Final Fantasy Four. Yeah, there's you fight the you fight three sisters in Final Fantasy Four, and there's like a a tall, skinny one. There's like a little girl, and then there's kind of a heavy one, and like the three yeah, of them so combine. Yeah, you get them. Okay. Oh, that's rad. I didn't know they were yeah, a summon. You get in this them game. as a summon too. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they're completely hidden, no mention 
whatever of them at all. See, and that's always been like, that's always been a minor turnoff to me about the Final Fantasy games. And I think it's probably more of a good thing than a bad thing. But like, I've gotten better as I've gotten older about not stressing out if I miss stuff. Because when I was younger and I would play a video game, I wanted to get everything. Now I'm like, I get what I want. When I'm ready to move on, I move on. But there's stuff in Final Fantasy games, like some of that, or like the Knight, dude. How anyone figured out how the fuck to get Knights of the Round in Final Fantasy VII, I'll never know. I know how to do it because I used a guy to do it. Fucked if I know how somebody yeah. figured that out. And there's some stuff in Final Fantasy games where I'm just like, how the fuck did anyone learn this? Like, oh, well, you have to go to talk to this shopkeeper, this inn, but only in this part of the game, and then he'll give you a fucking handkerchief that if you give to this character later in the game they'll give you metal that you take back to the first guy and then he'll trade you a sword you know what i mean i'm like how the fuck do people find yeah this? but i guess to some it, yeah they do it in every game like uh in 12 there's a, a famously good weapon uh that in order to find it later in the game there's four treasure chests in the start of the game you just can't open them oh jesus christ if you open any one of them then you can't get this this spear later <laughs> in the game like i don't like i mean i guess I know because like I feel like this about super like I could play a Super Mario game hundreds of hours and find everything and just go back in and play it again yeah. and find more things. And I guess to some people, Final Fantasy is probably that. And they're like, I'll play it over and over and just experiment and have various save files and find I get it. I just I try so hard not to look up walkthroughs, but I also hate missing stuff. And those are that's a that's a horrible combination when it comes to playing Final Fantasy games. It's tough. So Yeah. To hear that, wow, fuck! I yeah, wish I could have got those systems. And there's all the all the celestial weapons for everybody, which are same thing. Like I've never fully upgraded all of them, right? Because some of the stuff to do them is stupid. Yeah. Like for Lulu, you have to go to the Thunder Plains and dodge 200 lightning bolts in a row. <laughs> I don't think I ever dodged one. <laughs> like, like, I don't. Like, you don't see, get a okay. counter at all. Like. It's just you just got to do it and hope that you're you're counting in your head and focusing on trying to do it and then just hope you got enough. But like that's an example. How the fuck did somebody find that? Like how the fuck does like oh anyway fuck me. Well, I think like that when you talk to the person in the travel agency, they tell you like, hey, oh. each time you dodge this threshold, we'll give you something special. Oh, okay, okay. And then it's like when you look at it, it's like two hundred bolts. Like you get the crest or whatever it is. Okay. Well, I was never good at like I I don't think I seriously maybe ever dodged one. I I fucking sucked yeah. so hard at that. Um, okay. I have one big thing to gripe about. And I'm gonna get to it right. Have you got anything else? Is there anything else? Uh, anything else positive? And and then I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go well, off. We missed then, I think we forgot a couple things, but yeah, that's that's about it. All right. We're okay. Uh, okay, then I'm that, gonna... That's the big stuff that you missed. Anyway. Yeah, I think we covered the big stuff. This is one of those games where just I'm gonna get messages from people being like, oh, you forgot to mention this and this. And I'm like, yeah, we did. Fuck like, I don't even think we mentioned Seymour outside of the fact that you can get his A on. He's yeah. like one of the main villains of the fucking game. I love his hair and I love his name. And I love his... Actually, I like I like everything about Seymour. I like his voice You, you like too. his open, manly chest? Yeah. Yeah, it fucking looks... If I had a chest like that, I'd wear shirts like that and a house coat. I walk around in my house coat looking like him, hair like him and everything. It's not <laughs> the same, though. Um, okay, so sorry, everybody. If that seemed like an odd splice back in, I really had to pee, so I left to go pee. But now I'm back. And now, now I'm going to get into it. I have been saving this rant for so long, and it's about fucking time. Now, listen, I understand this game came out in North America on December 17th, 2001. So it's about 20 years ago from the time this episode goes live. And I get that maybe 
cutscenes were still kind of newer to games and the voice acting thing was still kind of newer and maybe we didn't know what stuff wanted and maybe skippable cutscenes wasn't as big a thing 20 years ago. I can get on board with that. And if I had played the original version on a PlayStation 2 and I hadn't been able to skip cutscenes, then okay, I get that this is a product of the time and I'll, I can live with that. But the fact that I played the remastered version of this game with the quote unquote quality of life improvements and I wasn't able to skip the cutscenes featuring the voice acting that I hated so much from the character that I hated so much at any point almost made me want to rage quit this game and Keegs do you know what makes it worse than the fact that I can't skip the cutscenes the fact that all of the longest shittiest cutscenes are right in front of boss fights and so when that boss fight kills you you need to and you know what Keegs there's so many (laughs) boss fights in this game that are trial and error and they're designed to kill you the first time time and then you realize like oh in this instance seymour is going to use a lot of poison attacks for example so i better make sure i'm equipped with poison fucking countering shit or what what you know what i mean stuff like that and it's like and i have no problem with boss fights like that no problem with a boss fight at all where they're clearly showing you like hey this is what this person is going to do so the next time you come in here make sure you're ready and deal to, to, to equip with it or equipped to deal with it i'm like all right that's fine but to put a five minute cutscene in front of every one of these boss fights and then not give me the ability to skip it is the most obnoxious thing in the world and i'm looking at you jacked and the fucking end of that goddamn game where you have to go into this fucking weird universe and pick up 10 crystals or whatever the fuck without touching any icicles. And then you get through that. Then there's like an eight minute cutscene where fucking Titus and Jack become friends or whatever again. Then you have to fight them. For the love of fuck, if any game developer is listening to this right now, any game developer, indie developer, maybe Shigeru Miyamoto's fucking listening to this, I don't know. If you're listening to this and you're putting cutscenes in your video game, on behalf of every gamer on the fucking planet, give us the option to skip them. Ah. Man, here I was thinking you were just going to bitch about the the laughing scene. No, oh no. No, you know what? The laughing scene, for the record, (laughs) people shit on the laughing scene. I get what they were trying to do, that they're both trying to force the yeah. laugh to like deal with it. I do think the, the yeah. laughing scene it's is fucking terrible. It's supposed to be cringy and awkward. Right. I, even even though it's supposed to be, I feel it's extra cringy and awkward. But, oh, you, yeah. know, but you know what makes it worse? The fact that you can't fucking skip it. <laughs> Let us skip cutscenes. Why? I was playing this game on my Switch. And dude, there's a couple instances where like, you know, like a boss would kick my ass and then I'd have to reload a save and go back in. And I'm fine with that. But then the cutscene would start and I would like put my Switch down and like walk away and be like, I'll come back in like, yeah. five, literally I'll come back in five minutes and then I'll start the game. And it was just, I I like a lot more about this game than I dislike, but I'm not, this. I'm not even trying to make a joke about it. Like, I'm going to take points off of its final score for not making this, the cutscene skippable. And it would be one thing if yeah, I was only... I, I don't understand it. What's that? My The reduced score the, or the not being able to no skip? Skippable, no, the no skippable cutscenes. Like, oh. like you said, it's one thing back in the day, but the remaster. To release a remaster and not be able to like... It's just a matter of like pause and then hit select to skip the cutscene. Like that's all you got to get. I just... Yeah. And like, and like, and I'm sure that part of the reason they seem so long is because this was a newer game to that kind of thing. And they were still finding their balancing act. And like, I know there are people that would listen to the show right now that would argue that games still have too many cutscenes. And depending on the game, I agree with you. 
But I found like between the fact that I hated the guy that was talking in all of the cutscenes, with the fact that there's so many cutscenes, with the fact that they're not yeah. skippable, really, really didn't sa- like it didn't sour me. I finished the game and I was like, that was fun, man. I like that game. But I'll be honest with you, like I have absolutely no hankering to play this game again. And it's 90% because of the cutscenes and the yeah. fact that I can't skip them. That, that actually drags me back from wanting to replay the game as much as I want to. Cause like, I like trying different challenges. Like there's like challenges to not use a spear grid at all. There's challenges to just like only use a, a one single character and like they're fun. Yeah. But then you have to sit through all those cutscenes every fucking time. Right. And like, if they're not going to be skippable, then you know what? Like, then all you got, like, I mean, there's no reason not to make your cutscenes skippable, but if you are going to do that, then put a save point right after the cutscene so that I can do the cutscene yeah. save. And then literally dude, it could, they can literally put the end of that cutscene and whatever triggers the boss fight fucking one step away on this camera or on the screen one step. If there's a save point sitting there, anyone worth their weight as a gamer is going to use it. So let me finish the cutscene, yeah. click the save point, save, and then that boss can kill me 20 times as long as I don't have to sit through the five-minute cutscene before him every time. I, I almost, if I hadn't been at the end of the game, I wouldn't have finished, like I would I would have stopped at the ject fight because the all the shit you have to go through to get back to the ject fight, it's 10 minutes of fucking yeah. shit to get back to him every time. Um, that, oh God, that fucking left a bad taste. The Jack fight is awesome. I think the Jack yeah. fight, oh, yeah. the yeah. Jack fight, it's really cool. one of the coolest final boss fights I've ever seen in any video game, quite frankly, um, between the badass music that's playing and then the way he looks and the fight and the relationship between him and Titus chirping each other. Uh, I thought all of that was great. It was just having to go through everything. It could take longer to it took you no, know, you know what? It did. When I finally killed him with Yojimbo, it took longer from the time I loaded my save point to trigger that final boss battle into starting than it did for the final boss boss fight to take. Like I bet you it took yeah. longer to get to it. You know what I mean? Ugh. Fucking if we had recorded this three weeks ago, it would have been ten times angrier. I was so pissed off at those fucking cutscenes, man. <laughs> Fuck me. Could you imagine, though, if they put the save point right after that cutscene and they allow you to play Blitzball? It's like, hey, I know this this crazy important thing just happened. Like, I'm going to kick your ass, but I'm just going to go I'm going to go play some water soccer. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. There's a few points in this game where, like, shit's completely hitting the fan. And they're like, okay, we got to go. But then it's like, you want to play Blitzball? And it was like, and I don't mind. I just thought it was funny that, yeah, they're like, all right, well, we will go save the world in a minute. But first, uh, it's game 42 of the schedule. We have to go play a little bit of Blitz. Then we'll fucking go. To, like, it's, I get that. But uh, by and large, though, dude, like, I, I think the game is fun to play. I, I, I love Blitzball. I thought the voice acting was good other than Titus. I thought the graphics were great. Yeah. Um, I, like I say that it's probably like I don't want to lock in definitive Final Fantasy rankings because it depends on my mood and it, and I still haven't played uh, 2, 3, 12, or 13. And I don't expect 2, 3, or 13 to crack my top 5. But 12, I've heard various yeah. things about. Um, 12 is really good. Yeah, like I, I've heard people love it and people hate it, which, you know, people yeah. were saying that about Final Fantasy 8. And as we talked about in the archives, I like Final I'm an un 
unabashed defender of Final Fantasy VIII. I don't give a fuck why you say that. Game's not as bad as some people say it is. Um, yeah. But this game, like... Yeah, Squall just sucks. What's that? Squall just sucks. Yeah, Squall, Squall sucks, that's all. Whereas, like, Final Fantasy X, like... I mean, I... I'm I'm torn to like I don't think it's the best Final Fantasy ever. Everyone's entitled to believe whatever they want. I I you would you would have an incredibly difficult time convincing me that either six or nine is not the best Final Fantasy ever made. But yeah, I think ten. Like I think this is like this game has very few flaws. Like I'm like this is a really it's 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 a game that's just incredibly nostalgic for so many people. And, uh, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm glad I finally finished it. Cause I didn't finish it all those years ago. And it's a game that I've always wanted to go back and just finish. Cause like, I didn't hate it back then. I just got stuck and then kind of fell out of gaming altogether. But now that I've like done it and like, I, I can move on from it. I'm like, this is a, no, it, this is a pretty good fucking video game. I, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it, I, I, it's probably top three for me. Yeah. With what? Yeah. With nine and. Um, nine, 10, and then probably six. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we're just going like core numbered series. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, not I, any other spinoffs or any of that. Like to me, like I have nine, four and six on a tier of their own and four probably doesn't belong there. I just love it so much. But then I have like, I would put 10 and seven like directly, like just below, like if those are the S tier, then I put 10 and seven in the A tier. Like, Tens is yeah. like this is not this is not Final Fantasy thirteen like it's not one of those games everybody hates like this is a good like I hate Final Fantasy fifteen I wanted to love Final Fantasy fifteen I, I like thirteen <laughs> do you it's funny because so I haven't I, I like the game. gameplay the story is hot garbage but I played through all three games in that trilogy and I'm more confused about the story after playing it than before playing it that's the but sign the of a good play, game I personally say, think is fun. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to get around to it eventually, but like 10's good. Like 10's a great fucking video game. Um, in fact, I never just score out of 10. You guys know, we always do a zany scoring system in this, in this show, but like the stars just align so perfect. If, if we were going to score this game out of 10, we have to, uh, what would you, what would you, I'll give you the floor keys. What would you score final fantasy 10 out of 10? I, I think I could have to give it like a nine, or like a nine point something if we're doing half point. It just loses that point that that point or portion of points for no typical cutscenes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I'm taking like I'll I'll be honest with you guys right now. Like I'm taking a full point off for the cutscenes, which is just inexcusable to me. And again, if 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 there hadn't been remastered, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be as hard on it, but unacceptable. Yeah. Um and then I'm gonna knock a point off because I did think stuff like the swapping out your teammates started out cool and then wore its wore out its welcome by the end of the game and stuff like that. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to like, I'll go in that eight, 8.5. Like, is this is, there's nothing objectively wrong with this game. Like it's a good video game. It just comes down to personal preferences. I think more than anything, but there's like, it's just a good, it's a fucking good video game. And orange yeah, is so fucking awesome. Considering, yeah. And yeah. Oh, orange is the best. I don't think we sucked his dick enough this podcast. No, Orange, and I will lie to you, like, I'm a pretty big Waka fan, too. Not so much as, like, how he plays, although he plays pretty well in the game, too. I just really like Waka. He seems like the cool older brother. I like him. Yeah. But but Orange fucking, oh, what a well, beast. Well, Waka's also voiced by uh, Bender from Futurama. Oh, no shit. Same voice actor. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Fuck. That guy's great. I love Bender, too, but fucking Waka's the man. But Orange is just, like... 
<laughs> I, I, oh, fuck. Oren is just so OP. It's yeah. not even funny. I love he's, him. He's just a badass. Just yeah. such a tank. Yeah. And like, and the way you see young Oren in the flashbacks and stuff, I thought that was really, really clever too. Um, yeah. I love that. I mean, that, that'd be a cool game if they want to dip back into Final Fantasy X and give us like a prequel with Braska, Oren, and Jet. Oh, dude, that'd be sick to play a game. I'd yeah. With Yuna's old man with like a young two eyes Oren and Jack, that'd be fucking sick. I'd be all over that. Um that yeah. looks like Ten Two doesn't look appealing to me at all. Like it's Yuna and Riku and some other girl are like pop stars with guns. Uh, yeah, some new chick team. Yeah. yeah. It's basically just fan service. It was Square trying to get more female gamers into the Final Fantasy series. Right. Doesn't and it then doesn't get a bunch of fan service for guys. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> intrigue me at all. But a prequel, that sounds fucking awesome. I'd be all over that. So um, good stuff, man. This is fucking, and I'm like, listen, I don't know if I will have left the little cart, the part where we were talking about this in or not, but like, I understand we didn't talk about everything. We hardly talked about, uh, the, the temples or whatever they're called with like the, I hate the temples in this game, by the way. I think the puzzle solving sucks, but that's just me. Um, I think the puzzle solving in a lot of games fucking sucks. I know we haven't yeah. talked, we barely talked about Seymour. I know we haven't talked about everything, but this is already clocking in at one of the longest episodes we've ever done. Plus, I have former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh on in the wings waiting to record another episode. So we're going to wrap this thing up and maybe someday down the road we'll revisit Final Fantasy X and we'll talk about it even more and talk about the things that we didn't touch on. But uh, in the meantime, holy fuck am I glad to have this game just done. Not because not I hated it, but I'm just glad <laughs> I finally saw it through to the end and I'm done. Inject is dead and sin is dead and i can just play blitzball in peace and uh keegs exactly other than the fact that you're a fucking sabotaging sack of shit when it comes to grand theft auto uh you're a good guy and i appreciate your contributions to the community and running our discord and everything and uh thanks for taking time out of your sunday afternoon to uh give me a call and talk final fantasy 10 i really appreciate it buddy yeah man thanks for having me on it was uh it was awesome good i'm glad was it everything you expected uh, it was less. Yeah. Well, the, the bar should have been pretty fucking low to begin with. So I don't expect <laughs> the bar that. was low Good. and it was still less. And I still came up short. That's the remember the game, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, buddy, thanks for doing this, man. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week's episode. Keeks, thanks for giving me a call to talk of Final Fantasy X and to every single one of you hot dogs out there, whether this was your first episode or your 178th episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Hey, if you enjoyed this, subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Leave us a review if it gives you the option. I've been seeing a lot of reviews pop up lately and they warm my fat heart. I really, really appreciate them. Uh, don't forget that we've got 150 plus it's like 170 now or something. A mountain of fucking bonus podcasts waiting for you over at patreon.com slash remember the game. 
You can get started for just two bucks a month and 50% of your Patreon pledge is getting donated to charity all throughout the month of December. And on that note, please, please don't forget that December 18th and 19th this weekend from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, I'll be playing video games at twitch.tv slash memberthegame to raise money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton. You can donate at rememberthegamepodcast.com or come by my stream this weekend and there'll be links there that you can donate at. You get a tax receipt for your donation. Uh, All the money goes to taking care of sick kids here in Alberta. And if you donate at least 20 bucks, you're going to be entered to win a video game of your choice. Someone's going to win some Remember the Game swag and somebody is going to win a chance to pick a game to be covered here on the podcast and to be my guest while we chat about it. So I'm really excited, guys. It's a big cause. It's a big weekend. It's our second annual one. I sure would love to say hi to all of you. It's 24 straight hours. So hopefully everyone's got a chance to pop in and say hi. Uh, Yeah. And with all that said, I think I'm done plugging stuff. I think I'm done talking. This was a long enough podcast. So I'm going to give some shout outs and get the fuck out of here. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow for all of our Patreons where I'll be reviewing uh, 8-Bit Christmas, the new NES-themed Christmas movie that I charmed the fuck out of me. So thanks, everybody. Talk to you all again later. Uh, Have a good one. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your support. The following people have supported us at the junior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And uh, I want to screw up some of their names and say thank you. So a huge thank you to, boy, this list is getting long. Dave, Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Stupid Monkey, Michael Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Jeffrey Mathis, Keegs and his Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Madero, Scott B, Andrew Wright, Gary C, Kate Roberts, They Call Me Badger, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Foo Foo 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Tin Smasher, Wyman Brooks, Scott Brooks, Leon K, Stitch, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Brian Ransom, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Nathan Tromblay, A-Town, Andre SJ, Flash, Tom Kite, Geek Life Radio, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Adam J, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Christopher Russell, Very Cool Dude, Tim Riel, The Giraffe, G9PSX, Tim L, David Schnatterer, Raging Demon, Poops Loomis, Dana Wucherall, That One Kid Nick, Mad Shibs, Mercury869, Derek Jane, Jesse Clark, MFELF, KFABE5150, TK Tonky Kong, Wolfgang Darren, Seriously Ron P, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Good A, Dane, Chris Copland, Mandingo 2021, Doogie, Matt McLean, Pizza Power, Too Loud for the Crowd, Trevor Sevenoaks, Ryan McCowan, Paul Zoe, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlond, Carmichael Nicholas, Squints, Tent Sparkster, Omega 88, Nathaniel Shelley, Explode Processing, Chowdy Laudy, Dan Wagner, Candido, S2 Vaughn 5000, Titan 420, Jose E. Marco, Oprah's Iron Fist, Adam Fair, Russell Aldridge, Classic Crusade, Karth from KOTOR, Chance McCoy, Jeff Bergeron, Ian Watch, Joe Kirby, Captain N, Owen the Game Furchuck, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Astro Alpica, Stu Bergeric, Eden Awaits 1981, Tunable Power, Swanee, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Inhuman Sumo, Chalupa Cabra, Rocker Dude, Mikey NL83, Just a Fish, Bagalazino, Noob Q, Scientific Wonder Penis, Beth, Strife89, Liam, Denzalo, Spicy Mortician, Eric Shavinius, Holmes, Ryan Gibbons, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Jay Hampton, Dylan Flora, Jackson M., Matthew Damico, Daja 1K1T, Clayton Robertson, Frosty Feet 492, Britt O'Neill, all the good names were taken, Hulk Hogan's brother, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Kyle Shreve, Matthew Salmon, Elijah Burns, Ocelot of Woe, Stephen Parnell, Jolt Addict 21, Aaron Price, Meat on the Bone, Dachabai, 
Atomicus, Sean Dillinger, J Justin Zabrocki, Frozen Interior, Ray San Wantongo, Brandon Basham, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Ryan Shimmick, Jameer Williams, Jared Pierce, Steve Dalp, Michael Ford, Justin Vissers, Gannon144, Phil McCracken, Double D, Sid's Good Leg, Trav H, Mizuru, Declan McGarry, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Dagger Disaster, Urius, Dr. Mario, Vaughn, Jordan Salm, Jacob Adams, Burnout, Doug Keeney, Scott Graham, Tyler, Brad Leveron, Aaron Kedvis, Dissect That Film, Phil Lencher, Brett Cumbs, Spencer, Whitledge, Illegal Amigo 69, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Tom Arkly, Nick Amos, and Thomas Childs. That was ugly, but that might be the best one I've ever done. I think I got most of those right. Thanks a lot, you guys. I fucking thank... I, I owe you guys more than... You. Hand jobs on me. Thanks, or whatever. If you can't get a hand job, whatever you want to... Whatever. Anyway, thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>